Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Hooked On Podcast. New Year, same old tired hosts, but we're going to do our best, aren't we? It's me, Rob McNichol, and me old mate, showbiz Paul Benson. How you doing, Paul? Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year, everybody. Rob, it's been ages, mate. Where have you been? It has been a while. Well, you know we have our little hiatuses every now and again. I like to think that, um, like the old days of Raw, we're coming up to the, uh, the anniversary of Raw, and we think about the old days. Remember, the champion wasn't even on the first show. Sometimes he wasn't on the show for weeks on end back in there. It leaves people wanting more. But we're going to change that in the new year. We're going to be a bit more regular as we go forward. And I did say at the start of this, it's the same old tired host, me and Paul. But uh, we're going to try and rejuvenate ourselves in 2018, and we're going to start by bringing on someone that's always up and he's always happy and he's a pretty good host himself because he's on a regular show which we'll talk about in a, in a wee bit but uh, for his second appearance on the Hooked On podcast please welcome Ash Rose Ash, how you doing? I'm good boys, happy new year to you both Thank you, Thank you very much It's a bit strange to be saying this 10 or 11 days into the, uh, into when the is, new year When is the deadline? I think about 8, o'clo- 8 o'clock on January the 1st <laughs> <laughs> No, it's about, I think it's about now actually is I it think about it's now? about two weeks in and it varies. Family is earlier, business contacts a bit later. Yeah, that's yeah. a good okay. challenge. I'll stop was, saying it. I was trying to be formal to our um, uh, to our audience because we haven't spoken to them uh, in, in this year. Um, but sure. uh, for those of uh, those people that are listening, and I, I recognise that voice, well, I can't place it. Ash is, of course, on the Fantastic Gorilla Position podcast, and uh, obviously, um, it'd be something that a lot, lot more people will listen to that than uh, than to ours. But uh, Ash, how's, how's it going over there at Gorilla Position? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's going very well. I mean, we're on our own little hiatus at the moment ourselves after the Christmas break, but we should we'll be back uh, next week, I believe, is is the date we're back. But it's all going very well. Yes, um, uh, happy to share that the listeners are on hooked on as well. I'm sure we have the same listeners. Plenty I'm... to go around. I always say that. There's always yeah, the, exactly. uh, the the theory that we're um, big rivals and all that kind of stuff. I always no. used to joke around with my old mate Pat Lennon when I was at the Sun and he was at the uh, the Star, and people thought we would. Uh, detest one another what people didn't realise we would generally sit next to each other at shows and then go for a pint as if we were big rivals uh, no kayfabe between us having to uh, share different locker rooms uh, we're, we're uh, one big family the wrestling community aren't we there they are we are apart from those couple of people that we don't like who we'll talk about off air yeah um, of course yeah. <laughs> I th- sorry I thought Paul was one of them no I'm, I'm not allowed to say no, that. no we, we all put our arms around everybody Ash we're all, we're all good friends even the pariahs like me I guess I guess <laughs> I love the fact that uh, you just said about um, you had a bit of a Christmas and New Year hiatus for your pod as well, and it's coming back soon. You find na- now there's two things. One, everyone loses track of days, don't they, over Christmas? You can't oh, work God. out what's a Saturday, what's a Sunday, because you have your, your Sunday meal on a different day and all this kind of thing, and then you're not back at work and you can't work it out. Now it's twofold, because we all have our podcast days, and you're used to, <laughs> used to downloading that podcast on a Wednesday and out on a Friday, but they've taken a break as well. We're only just getting back to uh, some sort of normality. But what I can tell you is that Monday Night Raw is always on a Monday because we don't take breaks for that. And Tuesday Night SmackDown is pretty much always there. So good on the WWE for keeping up their dates over Christmas, even if they're 
sucking their roster to the bone um, on Christmas but, Day on Christmas. Apps, uh, outrageous that was a bit that was a bit of a strange choice wasn't it but uh, uh, at least we're kind of ploughing on through and we can rely on them it's like clockwork and indeed like clockwork is the uh, the Raw Rumble every January and uh, so Ash are you looking forward to the Rumble that's the first question we ought to ask uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's everyone's secret favorite main event of the of the year, isn't it? I know WrestleMania is the granddaddy of them all, but I think we all love the Rumble just as much, just for the pure uniqueness of it. Even though it's been going as long as it have, it's still that unique moment when that even that is clock come counts down and you wonder who's going to come out next and all that. So yeah, I am really, really looking forward to it. I really hope they pull it out the bag this year. I think we've had a few really dud rumbles over the past few years um, last year's especially given that Randy Orton won it and to a lukewarm reception then did nothing with it with that horrible feud of Bray Wyatt so I'm hoping they're going to pull out the bag this year and the fact we've got two interesting will it work will it be overkill I'm interested to see what will happen in the, the women's Royal Rumble as well as the men's so yeah I'm really really I'm up for this one I'm all in as it seems to be the phase at the moment <laughs> that's, that's good news I think I think I am too and I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to a bit more of that in there in just a second especially the uh, uh, the women's event which we've not really had a chance to talk about here on the podcast yet so uh, looking forward to getting into that um, but you bring up a really good point in terms of what the rumbles have been off late and indeed I enjoy the fact that you're still excited about it because I felt that the last few years the same has been happening everyone goes I love the rumble it's my favourite pay-per-view and then they watch the rumble and go oh I hated that but 11 months later they've forgotten again and they're upbeat again do you know what's strange though I actually went back and it's, I think it's the time of year we all go onto the network and we watch the previous rumbles we watch our favourite mm. ones and, but I deliberately have watched the last few just recently because I tend to find I can remember more of what happened in 1993 than I can of what happened in 2016 um, yeah. but I, so I've gone back and watched the last couple of years and do you know what last year's Royal Rumble is really really decent if you put out of your mind that Randy Orton felt a bit meh it's actually quite a good rumble it's quite a good rumble match there's plenty going on you get towards the end and there's quite a few contenders that could win it and there's a reasonable story told throughout and you've got a, quite a good undercard including an absolutely mind-blowing AJ Styles versus John Cena match so it's it's actually a pretty good show last year yeah uh, absolutely yeah take that one Paul yeah no I, I fully agree like, it, it's it's easy in hindsight to look back and just and just peg everything on who won the Rumble and it was was a bit of an underwhelming winner but we got a cracking we got a cracking match full of big stars you know when are we going to see a Rumble match with Undertaker Goldberg Brock Lesnar in um, Roman Reigns you know love him or hate him he's also a big presence in there and then on the undercard we got arguably the match of the year in AJ Styles against John Cena what's not to love indeed um, Ash, Ash you were the first one in to say how much you're looking forward to it are you um, outside of the Rumble match is there anything on the undercard that's, that, that's jumping up at you this time um, the title matches are very interesting aren't they I don't know if I'm that excited about them there's too much bells and whistles for me I mean I've said a long time I'm, I don't believe I'm watching WWE and Kane is main eventing in 2018 <laughs> I, I, I kind of get it because they can get away with it because the Royal Rumble is the actual main event so you can kind of bury the title match that's not it could be weaker than it need, normally is on, on a pay-per-view um, I'm not you know, my, my only problem that is clear is going to win is Brock Lesnar is going to win by pinning Kane so the, the build to that I've been a bit like yeah, because I can't sit there and believe that he's any threat to, to Brock Lesnar's title so that's going to to me that's a given the whole AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn mixed in with Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan is doing my heading a little bit because it's a far too confusing, far too many of Shane and Daniel stuff going on. You don't really know what's... It's kind of, you know, the WWE title and AJ Styles are kind of in the shadow and it's a really awkward match. But 
I'm using the word interesting, hoping that they've got a plan for both these matches that will set us on the road to obviously WrestleMania and they won't be as lukewarm, I suppose, is the term as, as they are at the moment. Here's a question for you both. Who can shout in first? Assuming that all matches so far announced on the show, I'm sure they won't. I'm sure there'll be at least something on the, on the pre-show. But um, if every, every match goes ahead as is at the moment, how many different performers will, be, will compete in matches during the Royal Rumble pay-per-view? 80. Cool, you were quick then. 80. Well, I just read it this afternoon. Um, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna set the record for a, a wrestling pay-per-view, the most in history. Um, apparently, the current record is WrestleMania 30, where 70 performers are on the card, um, and this is gonna be 80. Okay, I make it, I make it 76. <laughs> what, what was the? I don't know what, the, what how has it got to 80? Because I've got two 30-man rumbles or two 30-person rumbles, I should say, two triple threats, which gives you. Um, 66 and then two tag matches which are uh, another sorry two triple yeah that's right 74 indeed oh no 74 and then the tournament final for the US title so I've got 76 is what I've worked it out to I think I think the, the gist of what I reserved there's going to be one more match okay okay there'll, that be a was... kick, there'll be a kick off matches won't there I imagine the cruiserweight yeah, title yeah. will be on the kick off match so yeah there'll be a couple more I'm sure I don't think the card's complete yet but how mind blowing is that that 80 people can compete on one that's got to be Far and I mean, I can only imagine maybe like a WCW three ring mad battle royal or something mm. might have beaten it. Yeah, no, no, nothing's beaten it. Nothing's beaten it. If it gets to 80, nothing's beaten it. Wow, in fact, I think I read that. I think I read that in the Observer today. I think that's where I've read it. Wow, that's, that's we, know, we know we know never get Melzer only gets it wrong when it comes to star ratings over five. His figures are always <laughs> accurate. It's if they're in the Tokyo Dome or not. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get Bruce on to discuss that one. Uh, F- FDM, as Bruce says. But uh, um, yes, I think what I want to talk about. I want to try and get some of the negatives out of the way because I'm sure there are going to be some negatives and some positives mm. in our mind. And you know what we're like on this show. We always talk about the uh, the positives where we can. But to me, one of the negatives is a little bit of we're doubling up again. Now, I've been a long been an advocate for the women's match. I think I may have had it on either the next pay-per-view or on a Raw or SmackDown around the show rather than being actually on the pay-per-view itself. But but I've always been okay. I've always wanted to see a women's rumble. I'm all for, I'm all for the equality, and I think the, the quality of it will be decent. Um, I'm more annoyed with the two triple threats. It feels that there's been way too many of these double pay-per-views, as in you know, the Super Show ones where it's Raw and SmackDown, where you get the same sort of... Um, I, I know it's a handicap match, the other one, but it's, but it's, it's, still, it's, it's still three people, isn't it? And it's like... I, I don't quite get the, I don't quite get the, the reasoning for having three men in it each. It feels like copycatting to me. Do, do you see what I'm saying, Ash? Yeah, I do. And and they're not triple threat. I know it's a handicap match. You yeah. said they're not two matches that I particularly see why they went that way. I know there was a big hurrah with Lesnar and the the rumored first opponent was going to be Finn Balor, and we don't know what happened there. I think that would have been a much better match regardless because I just don't see the appeal in this match, to be honest, as I said already. Uh, and yeah, and it feels a bit the same, a bit clunky as well with AJ Styles and, and Owens and Zayn. So it is a bit saney. Um, I'd rather have seen Strowman in the Rumble because I would have liked to see him with that and then maybe force his way into the title picture, even though we know where we're heading for Mania anyway. So yeah, I, I can appreciate what you're saying, Rob. It is a little bit samey. Given that you've got two main matches, as in the two Rumbles, that are you know, by their own fault, are the same match anyway. It is kind of a same, but I'm sure that the, the shenanigans will make them feel a little bit different each way. But yeah, I think they're going to have to put out the bag with those two title matches. They really need to make sure that there's some memorable moments for them. Paul, let me ask you an exam question. It's um, it's the Royal Rumble 2018. We're getting towards WrestleMania. Lesnar's going to be in one title match. AJ's going to be another title match. These are just placeholder matches. The champs are both going to retain easily. Correct. 
No. Oh. Okay. Ooh. Explain. No, Discuss. I, uh, well, well. For, okay, let's start with the Raw with the Universal Title match. I, I completely agree with Ash. That is a re, that is a way to get a, a monster mash in there with um, without Strowman taking the fall, without Lesnar losing the title. It's Strowman over Kane every day of the week. And likewise, seeing Kane in a pay-per-view main event in 2018 is just baffling. Um, but anyway, especially when he's got a mayor candidacy to run as well. Oh well, that's it. Vote Kane. You know, I hope he comes. I hope he uses it as part of his campaign, and at least it has a use. No, in all seriousness, there, there, there's so many people that could have had there um, in his place, and I just find it very odd. But let's put that aside. I think that one's a given. Now, AJ against uh, Zayn and Owens is, is where I'm putting my wild card because I I really enjoyed this whole Daniel Bryan against Shane McMahon story, and I don't really know where it's going, but I like it. I like how they're sort of passive-aggressive to each other. Um, Neither one's really a heel. Neither one's really a face. Both have got valid points, um, and they're using the heels and the faces on the show to to manipulate that and and, and back up those points. I think it's been, for an authority figure angle, I've really liked it. Um, And I think if you we've got to accept that this match is there not to be a quality match not to get any of those guys over per se it's there to further that story and how do they further the story they have Zayn and Owens become co-champs which Shane's reaction to will be what the fuck like how ludicrous and absurd and silly is this and then we see how they get out of that mess and it's it's puts more tension between the two general manager the general manager and the commissioner whatever they call them so for that reason because this is serving a story rather than serving any of the wrestlers in a match I think that's where we go with it it's a fair it's a fair old um, uh, assessment Ash any thoughts on uh, on Paul's theory there I, can, I hadn't really thought down that road too much but it's, uh, it's plausible I, it had crossed my mind when I heard them say co-champions on this week's Smackdown because I thought that's the sort of thing that WWE would do because it's a kind of gimmicky thing and, and you can imagine Shane's face um, I, I like it and I don't like it because I really like to see AJ Styles going to Wrestlemania as the WWE champion just because I love him and I think he deserves that spot but then at the same time does that mean we could have AJ in the Rumble and he could win the Rumble that would be a nice thing to see him to add to his CV as well because they're not shy of putting people in matches and in the Rumble as well as we've seen in the past notably Roman Reigns a couple of years ago so I kind of like it and I kind of don't but it's a good theory Paul yes um, speaking of theories um, and following on from uh, what I was just saying there um, it was my contention a few weeks ago that uh, if we pretty much know that Brock Lesnar uh, is going to go to the, uh, WrestleMania is the champion. He's going to wrestle Roman Reigns, if that is the, the, the rumored thing, and we accept that one. Then also, then we have to accept that SmackDown is going to win the uh, the Rumble itself. And then once you start going through the competitors that are there from SmackDown, you start to me to come to um, to a fairly small list of uh, of potential winners. Um, and unless they're feeling bold enough to go with, let's say, a Baron Corbin to uh, to wrestle mm. AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which I could see, by the way, I, don't, I wouldn't rule that out. He'd be He'd be quite high on my list if I had to pick a few. But the one that I came up with a few weeks ago, and the one I'm going to stick with, um, because I don't think that they'll think that they have to sell WrestleMania on it, I think they can do it for the uh, quote-unquote hardcore fans, is about five weeks ago on this podcast, I selected Shinsuke Nakamura as my as my Raw Rumble winner. I haven't thought of anything that would necessarily dissuade me from that, other than the normal, well, they probably wouldn't push him. Um, but I'm going to stick with it. I think that AJ versus Shinsuke on about the third or fourth match on the card because let's face it they'll find some spaces for people like Triple H or Undertaker and whatever they're going to do with 
Strowman and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's going to be stuff going on at the, at the Mania, which is going to be higher. But I reckon that they could go AJ Shinsuke, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to steadfastly stick with Shinsuke as my selection. So uh, Paul's already heard me say that. So uh, Ash, your reaction? Yeah, he's he's been in the in the mix, hasn't he? I mean, the, the fact that he's blown quite cold on SmackDown at the moment makes me think no but at the same time are they doing that for a reason to make it the unexpected winner so I know he's been talked about I think you're right I think the AJ Styles match is for the hardcore fans it would be I don't say the word buried is the wrong word but it would obviously not be it right at the top of the card which would be a disappointment especially given it would be the WWE Championship match and they could possibly do that match anyway without the title um, but I think if you're looking at the SmackDown side he's the obvious candidate for me because at the moment I don't think they'd give it to someone like Baron Corbin right now and I hope they don't I don't really see a lot of sort of money in him right now for me I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin I mean I love Rusev I love what he's doing at the moment biggest selling t-shirt on wweshop.com as well but there's no way they're ever going to pull the trigger on him as much as they should so if you're looking at Smackdown winner other than Shinsuke they can't really give it to Randy again because there's another waste so Shinsuke's an absolute great shout at the moment and you know the match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke would be an absolute show stealer at Wrestlemania it really would and which I don't think last year's Wrestlemania had didn't have a match like that no I don't think it did and it would be something else wouldn't it to, to, to see a match that has been you know a match on Wrestle Kingdom to also be a match on, on Wrestlemania you know only a couple of years later would be a, a bit incredible um, Paul um, you were Sort of, I want to say lukewarm to my Nakamura theory before. I think you sort of thought it was an okay theory, but they probably wouldn't go with him. Have you, uh, have you shifted? Well, to be honest, I was, I was, I've been adamant for a while. I was telling everyone that listen that we were going to get Styles Nakamura at the Rumble because that just felt like a Rumble match to me. Um, they tend to put really great title matches on at the Royal Rumble um, rather than concentrating on the big stars. And I just, I just thought right, that'd sell the Rumble to the hardcores. Um, anyway, not to be. To be honest. I, if I if I was putting money on it, I think I'd go with what you guys are saying. I, there's not a wide field this year, um, and say so Nakamura would be um, as good a win as any. But just what I would like to see, and I, uh, let me say that I, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think they'll do it. But this year it is very open. Now it looks like Reigns is getting a title match on Raw or the Universal Title, and it also looks like he's going to do that by winning the Elimination Chamber like we've said so let's rule out a Raw winner and that puts us into Smackdown there is no outstanding candidate and also as you say Mania is going to be stacked enough as it is the Smackdown title match is not going to be the one that sells um, sells pay-per-views especially to the mainstream so why not and I, you listen to the Bruce Pritchard podcast just like I do I don't know about you Ash but we're no, regular no, listeners a couple of weeks ago he put forward a story when he was in the Steiner Brothers episode about how a few of them pitched Scott Steiner to win the 1993 Royal Rumble just to come in out of nowhere and if ever you're going to do that well you couldn't you haven't been able to do that since the stipulation about the Mania main event came in but if ever you're going to be able to do it why not this year because it doesn't really matter it's not going to sell pay-per-views and it would do wonders for rejuvenating the Royal Rumble as an anything could happen spectacle so why not give it to Rusev why not give it to Big E? Uh, why not give it to Bobby Roode? Just out of nowhere and just see what happens because it's a no-risk gamble. Um, you could make a guy, you could make a fresh title match, you could even turn someone face. You could do a lot with it. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be great to see. Um, I would suggest that if that is w in WWE's head, they would look around and say, who could we do that would be that kind of person that comes out of nowhere? And they'd do Baron Corbin. 
<laughs> well, that's not really the idea of it, is it? But, well, but um, only, your, only in your they opinion. But that, they have already done that once with the uh, WrestleMania 32 Battle Royal. Do you remember where he yeah, won that? Yeah, but, but he's not, that's not the same, though, is it? It's winning the no, run. it's not that, the same. But it, I, I think, just, just from what you said, you happen to not think, well, I, I assume that you don't think much of, of Corbin as opposed to the others, but I would argue that you said Rusev, Big E, Corbin... I would suggest that they're roughly on the same sort of level. Corbin's probably slightly above them in terms of the matches that he's had on pay-per-view this year or last year. But um, I wouldn't have thought there's a, a lot in what? them. Quality or place no, no, on no, the... place on the card. No, quality is irrelevant. Quality is irrelevant because okay. they would think completely differently to us. So sure. um, there's no way you can you can you know work it exactly the same. Um, what about? Let's ask the question because it is the kind of the. Uh, the elephant in the room, um, John Cena. The whole point of John Cena mm. knocking around as being this, um, you know, could go either way, free agent sort of role, is tailor made for something like the uh, the Royal Rumble because actually you could make that story go even longer. John Cena could win the Rumble but not declare who he's going to wrestle. You know, we can assume it's going to be the SmackDown guy, but they could turn that into a storyline: who's Cena going to face? You know, there's something you can go beyond the Rumble with. Um, the story of John Cena. You know, equal, equal in the record or breaking the record or whatever it is. Breaking, yeah, breaking, breaking it. So, you know, that is something that they would look to do. At, you know, last year they were looking at the Cena, um, you know, relationship angle. This time they might go towards the the, the sports-like feel of the uh, of breaking the record. But as I've read elsewhere, if you do Cena versus um, Styles, for example, um, if Cena wins, you've got the breaking of the record. If if AJ wins, you're absolutely sealing AJ as your biggest star on on one night. Um, that could, and it's a match that everyone has seen not only have they seen but they know it's brilliant it's not one of those matches that we've seen a million times you'd probably see that one and go well actually I would watch that again it's going to be fantastic so is the, the John Cena winning the Rumble thing might seem a bit oh god he's won the Rumble again but actually I would argue that if he wins it I could see the story and the match going to Wrestlemania as being a lot better than I can for a lot of other people what do we think um, no, I, I, I agree with you no, I'm, I, he, people will groan at the name John Cena but you have to remember he hasn't won it for a few years the story is there the fact that he's a, a free agent the story is there it writes itself he can choose which show he wants to go on we know he will probably end up the Smackdown side and the AJ Styles which as you've said the matches have been brilliant I can't get away from that I think Cena's path is going to be different for Wrestlemania I think on Raw 25 we see the undertaker he comes out he does this big speech where he alludes that he's going to retire then you hear bah, 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 and then the, the, the final challenge is laid down you know you can't retire without facing me at wrestlemania and we finally get cena taker whether you like it or not it's a big money match that's kind of where i think cena would go but if not uh, the, the rumble win i wouldn't have a massive problem with that because at least it has a storyline to back it up I've I've lost my track a bit. When is the when is the anniversary? Is it this week? Is it? It's the it's the week before the rumble. Week. It's the week yeah. before the rumble. So it's the week before. Yeah. Yeah. That's my issue with that is I like your theory other than the fact that it's before the rumble, and it just sort of feels to me like Cena. If Cena's in the rumble, if he comes out and challenges Taker, it's kind of like well you don't think you're going to win the rumble then. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a little bit. Why would he go into the rumble if he wants to wrestle Undertaker? Because if he wins the rumble match, then he's got a title match. So it feels a little bit. You know, I, I suppose there's an argument to say that it's always oh, it's a bit of insurance, a bit of backup. But WWE don't go that deep; they pick one strand or another. So I'm a little bit, I'm a bit, unless they pull Cena out of the Rumble once he's you know agreed to face Taker. But I don't know. I I, I can see a Cena Undertaker um, um, seed being planted on that night. I don't think there'll be an actual 
you know, match well, yeah, maybe, that maybe that's what they'll do. They'll do the seed, and then the you know they'll put the rumble in the way, and maybe Taker interferes in that. Maybe we get to that way. I just I feel like these two. I don't think Taker's going to have many more, if one more match in him. And this is the match that everybody's going on about. Cena said it last year in the build to to the Miz match that he wanted to have that match instead. I feel like this is going to happen this year. So one way or another, I feel that's where we're headed. And if you believe the rumors and the dirt sheets, that's kind of John Cena's got a massive role outside the title apparently. And it can only be the Undertaker for me. Paul, devil's advocate, um, if if not, assume that Undertaker is at Mania, if not Cena, who? Is there anyone else Undertaker can wrestle? You totally put me on the spot there, because I was just coming ready to agree with you guys about John Cena. Uh, but right, okay, if, Cena, if Undertaker wasn't going to wrestle John Cena, who would I have Undertaker face? Um, well, the obvious answer is Braun Strowman. Mm. To me. Um, but I, I'm saying that without any conviction whatsoever. It would be a good guy for Braun Strowman to get further over with. I don't like it myself. Um, I think it's a lock that it's seen. If 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 Undertaker is coming back, there's, I just don't see any other logical explanation other than him facing John Cena. And it could you could be having a situation where they just have an altercation of some description on Raw, and then Undertaker's the guy responsible for him uh, getting eliminated from the Rumble. There is something about that as well. Don't mind that at all. Um, taking it one step further, this is we're on the uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania here. I think this is the one time of year we can be forgiven to stretching our minds out a little bit further. So let's let's lock a few things in. If we're doing a little bit of the uh, the logic between all of us, we're going to say that it's um, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. We're going to say it's AJ Styles versus let's say Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, we're going to say it's John Cena versus Undertaker. Um, who's your next one down on that list? Is it Braun Strowman? Is he the next to the next biggest star that we have to book into a match what do we do with Strowman at Ash well it's Triple H I imagine isn't it if we're going by what happened at Survivor Series because that hasn't really been tied up in a bow yet and he's got beef with Braun Braun is obviously shown some he wants to get older Triple H Triple H has got this fear factor that you saw that the night after Survivor Series that he he didn't want to mess with Braun so then maybe that will come back into play it's a big money match for Braun Strowman I think he deserves that after the year he's had um, Triple H although I think Triple H has lost way too many matches at Wrestlemania he's still you know the man he's still the king of kings it's still a big spot for, for somebody to face him so I think yeah I think we go Braun Triple H as the, as the next one down on the on the WrestleMania card, and I think you'll be a, a decent show in that one, and we get another Triple H entrance, and Stephanie looking hot, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> it's all starting to piece together. What do you think, Paul? I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a that's a reasonable top four matches, isn't it? I'm afraid it's going to make for a very dull podcast, chaps. But again, I'm in complete agreement with Ash. <laughs> um, it makes perfect. It, it's a, it's a match that makes perfect sense from a booking standpoint and and a standpoint of positioning guys for the future. Um, Strowman Triple H makes all the sense in the world. This is uh, this is all a little bit nice, isn't it? It's all all of us agreeing. So let's um, let's move this change tack completely. Let's can I chuck to... something in there then? Can yes, I chuck something on. in? There? Yes, you can, mate. Go on. Bit of a bombshell. One at WrestleMania match. What about this? Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan. <sighs> oh, don't do it to me, Paul. Don't do it. <laughs> I just can't wait to see how annoyed people are when you. If I sit there and if if I lock a wrestling fan in a cryogenic chamber for the next thirty days and say. They let him out just before the run-up to Mania. Go, guys, I've got some great news. Daniel Bryan's wrestling at WrestleMania. 
And he's facing Shane McMahon. <laughs> I'd just love to see the reaction. Well, to be honest, I'd want Shane McMahon as far away from a wrestling card as possible at the moment. I just, I'm so sick of seeing Shane McMahon in a match because he's not believable anymore. He loses all the time. It's, he's got no credibility, even after the AJ Styles match as well. But it is a match I can see that they're leading towards. If Daniel Bryan is coming back and fingers crossed he's safe and well and it's all okay, first and foremost, it seems to be where he's headed. And yeah, I, I just, I'd be so disappointed for me. I'd, if Daniel Bryan's ready, give him a proper match. Give him AJ Styles, give him something because he's Daniel Bryan and if he's fit and ready, he's, he's still one of the best in the world for me. Here's what I would say. And I'll go back to use the defence that we used about this time last year or a little bit later than this time last year. Who did Shane face last year at WrestleMania? Hey, AJ yep. Styles. AJ Styles. And there were lots of people went, oh, they, you know, AJ, they don't, they don't think much of AJ. And the contrary argument was, as far as WWE are concerned, nothing trumps the McMahon. You know, the McMahon is, that's the ace of hearts or the king of hearts, depending on what, you know, what card game you play. You don't get above Shane or you don't get above Vince, really. So the whole thing was, okay, it might not be the match that we want to see AJ do, but they obviously think something of him if he's going to wrestle Shane. If Daniel Bryan... Listen, Daniel Bryan has the power to say no, okay? <laughs> as well as going yes, yes, yes. But he has the power to say no, surely. And if he doesn't want to wrestle Shane, he doesn't wrestle Shane. He just goes, sorry guys, don't see that as being my WrestleMania thing. And we move on to something else. If he thinks he's fit enough to get back and if they've cleared him and they say, look, do this with Shane, it's your first match back, prove you're okay, then we'll put you back in the ring properly, of course he does it. I think this is playing the long game here. This is, this is if you, 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 know, you meet this you know, wonderful, attractive woman, but the first night you would go out with her, she wants to take you to the opera or something, and you're not interested in it. Get through the bloody opera just so you can get to date two. So if it happens to be that you have to go through Shane and Daniel Bryan, of, of all people, for Bryan's first match back, fine. But if it means he's fine, and it means he might get to wrestle AJ Styles at SummerSlam, and he might get to wrestle, you know, I don't know, Kevin Owens at, at Survivor Series or whatever, if that means that Bryan is going to be back and back in action, then... Who flipping rage? And I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to play the longer game. I don't think it's going to happen. I think if they do anything with him, with Shane and Daniel Bryan, I think it'll be a, you know, Shane has this guy and Bryan has this guy, and there'll be some, you know, forfeit on it. Whoever loses loses the SmackDown ownership or whatever. I think it'll be your your Vince and Trump scenario where they have people fighting for them rather than fighting themselves. But you know, that's uh, that's what I think anyway. You, you you're, you're quite happy with your uh, your theory though, Paul. Yeah, I think I'm. I just got a feeling there's the. You see a lot. There's a lot of comments from Daniel Bryan in the press about wrestling, and I just think they're trying to. I think they're trying to put people off the scent. I think he's gonna get back in the ring. I think he's gonna get back in the ring. I just can't. I can't. I can see him saying no. I think he's been so adamant that he he can still wrestle, and it's only the WWE doctors who are saying he can't. That unless they are promising the world after Shane McMahon, I think he'll want a bigger splash going back in the ring against somebody better or even outside of WWE I just I, I agree with you Rob if we're playing the long game although you did sound a little bit like Ian Holloway in your analogy um, it, it, I, I, I would like to get there but I, I don't know if Daniel Bryan is willing to play the long game himself to, to get back in that ring and do what he does best I don't know how to take that comment Paul <laughs> what's, what's, what's he just said to me there I don't know if he's having a go at my West Country accent I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know because as a QPR fan, he probably thinks quite a lot of Holloway. So, um, well, I don't know at the moment. Well, I don't know at the moment. No, no, but the moment, but <laughs> long term, you probably think a lot of him. Um, and as as Argyle fans aren't, we're not all that hot on Ian Holloway after he uh, walked out on us for Leicester. So, um, 
Hmm, I'm not sure about where how to take that, but I think you're t you're talking about my uh, my strange analogies there with Ian Holloway famously uh, talking about getting a bird in the taxi as far as uh, a one, nil, one. A one yeah. nil win is concerned. And as he as he once said when he was our manager, he was chuffed as a badger at mating season. So he did come up with some uh, so good. He'd be a good personality. We've had that conversation before. Good sporting personalities that would make good wrestling characters. I can see Holloway as quite a good uh, comedy manager. <laughs> well, they can have him now if they want. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. He'd make his debut in, uh, in uh, the UK tournament or something, managing. I don't know. Who could he manage a British wrestler that he could manage? Dave Mastiff. <laughs> Um, Why not? I, uh, that would be fun. Um, okay, let's let's move on to a certainly completely different section of the card. We said we'd uh, we'd address the uh, the women's Royal Rumble. Um, it, it's been a long time coming, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm a little bit surprised they've not tri trialed it with a a 20 woman effort on TV before going on the pay per view. But uh, again, like I said, I'm all for it. I think part of the fun on this one will be um, you know watching some of the entrants. I mean, I think they've probably mentioned more. Uh, on the female side than they have on the male side so far but you still think that 30 uh, is a little bit of a stretch across the whole card so you feel like it could be a couple of NXT call-ups here or at least one-off appearances a couple of um, uh, returning divas as it were and maybe just maybe the uh, the sort of hanging spectre of some of the uh, the fancied names that aren't even in the company at the moment but uh, um, let's start with a sort of a clean slate and ask you first Paul what's uh are you first and foremost? Are you for this? Is this where you would have put it? Is it in its right place in the world? What do you think? Uh, no, no, it's not. I'm for it in principle. I'm definitely for a Royal Rumble uh, for the women, but I'm not. I sounded really, sounded really. Yeah, a glass of wine for the ladies. A glass of baby champ. No, I'm, I'm definitely. Oh no! Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, we haven't done that. I do apologise, everyone. I'm, I'm, sl I'm slacking into 2018. We haven't done our usual. What are we all drinking this evening? Roundup. Um, so we'll just uh, quickly start with Ash. Uh, what are you drinking at the moment? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm typically Englishly and boring. I've got a cup of tea next to me, so. You've got a cup of tea. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. with my, I'm with my usual uh, uh, gluten-free Peroni. I'm still going to keep on mentioning it and see if we can get some sort of endorsement in 2018. Um, we'll, we'll try on that front. Paul, um, what, uh, what nice, uh, deeply alcoholic tipple have you got this evening? Well, I'm off the booze, so again, I'm siding with Ash. I've got a cup of tea in my Jurassic Park. Ah, um, can't it, beat it. Can't just, beat can it. I just can I just check whether Ash is off the booze for January or whether he just happens to be having a cup of tea because he's a responsible human being? Oh, tea always this time of night. I'm a cup of tea man. I can't go to bed without a cup of tea around this time. So yeah, it's like a <laughs> so autopilot go straight to the kettle. But you're not against having a beer in January. That's my point. Oh no, not at all. No, I'm no, not because all that. you would take. Would you agree with me that it would basically take? I think what I referred to earlier on on uh, on my Facebook page as pious assholes um, that tend to do the dry January. Do you think that's a fair comment? Agreed. I agreed, yeah. <laughs> Paul, said to me, Paul said to me earlier on, no, I apologise to no one. Paul said earlier on something about, I'm going to have to get there. All I've got in the house is Bex Blue. Oh, oh, imagine wait. that. Imagine getting to a point, Bex Blue. Oh, <laughs> God. Exactly. What's yeah. the point, non alcoholic well, beer? Just have actually, a beer, man. Actually, I'm not strictly off the beers for. Um, for January, I'm certainly not having a dry January, uh, but I'm just restricting it to you know social occasions, not sat on my own in my office. But what I am off in completely in January and hopefully indefinitely is Coke. 
a cola. <laughs> okay, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the, thank you for that pause, Angus Dayton. Cherry Pepsi Max in particular. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm off that that and the chocolate. I'm knocking on the head. So uh, New Year, New Me, and all that shit. Can we get back to talking about women wrestling? Yeah. Is that who you're predicting to win the Rumble? Is it Cherry Pepsi Max? I don't know her. Who does Cherry she wrestle Pe- for? Cherry Pepsi Max. She's, she's a friend she's, of uh, Juice and Domino. She's um, excellent. No, I'm um, I'm I'm for the Royal Rumble for for uh, for the females, um, but I just think it's a really bad placement. I don't want to see two Royal Rumbles in one night. Same as I don't want to see two Hell in a Cell matches or two TLC matches or anything else that's derivative and repetitive in the same night. If they wanted to do it, why not just give them the Royal Rumble slot? Why not let the men have a rest for a year? They've had 30 years of it or, or more. Let them have it, or do wow. it or do it on a network-only special. What the hell? Um, but. I'm 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 tentatively excited for this match. I think it could be really interesting. Like I really hope that the the girls bring it and they you know you know a lot of them will. You know your Sashas and the Baileys and the Charlottes if she's in it are going to go hell for leather. But I hope the rest do. And uh, you know, obviously there's going to be some surprises, call ups from NXT, um, some fun old names from the past. But like most people, the one I really want to see. Can you imagine the Roof coming off those parties if Ronda Rousey comes down to mm-hmm. face off? That's can you imagine? Um, and it would be massive. It would be massive in the in the in the arena. It would be massive all our parties around the country. It would blow up the mainstream media. What a shot in the arm of promotion that would be for WrestleMania if Asuka's clearing the ring out and beating the shit out of everybody. Started at let's say number three, number four. I guess to about number twenty-seven. Let's say even number thirty. And who comes out? Rowdy Ronda Rousey. It would be absolutely. It would be one of the top Royal Rumble moments of all time of any gender. It wouldn't matter. It would be incredible. Is it one of those that? It, I mean, it's been expected now, isn't it? People are expecting it. I would say that most people, if you said, "Is she going to appear?" Yes or no. I think more people would say yes, whether in hope or expectation. So it's not going to be a surprise, but then I suppose that didn't really matter when AJ Styles appeared, did it? We kind of knew that was coming, and still the roof came off the place because it was a bit of a, is it? Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. It wasn't, a, you know, the, it wasn't a spoiler, was it? We didn't know that AJ was going to be there. We just thought it oh. would be. So mm. I, I think you're going to have that moment with with her. And I mean, is she? She's a big enough name, and she, me and Paul often on this on this podcast will talk. You know, v- vaguely around MMA, it's, it's a world that Paul not only enjoys but works within, and it's a it's a it's a world I barely touch. I know little of it, and it's not really my kind of thing. But I often judge, you know, a sporting you know area such as rugby or MMA or boxing that I don't follow by if I've heard of them, they must be a big deal. And since I could probably only name you about six MMA fighters, and she's one of them, to me. You know, she must have a big enough appeal that she's going to be crossover and mean something. Um, the trouble is, if she comes in, she has to win and has to win always, doesn't she? So there's, if she, if she, we see Ronda Rousey at any point during the Rumble, she's winning and then she's winning at Mania, correct? There's, there's nothing else they can do, is there? No, I, I disagree with that. I think there's, there's ways and means you can get her out. Um, you could have her ganged up on by six or seven women. Um, ask her's credible enough to go toe-to-toe with her. Um you could do that or yeah you could have a win but yeah in answer to your first part of your question mate she's a huge mainstream star um, there are not many people of a, of a sort of 18 to 34 year old age in the in the western world that don't know who Ronda Rousey is um, it would be it would I suppose the best comp- she'd probably be Ash correct me if I'm wrong probably the biggest star to appear on pay-per-view since Mike Tyson 
mainstream yeah i don't think you can i mean they've had a few mayweather maybe but i'd say she's bigger than mayweather was at that time and maybe uh, at the time he, he was just bubbling just under his peak yeah he wasn't yeah. he wasn't quite the man that he is now i think she'd be the biggest since tyson you're cr- mm. criminally overlooking snooky <laughs> oh god yeah of course you say mainstream though guys i mean i judge it on if my wife who is not into sport whatsoever unbelievably given what i do for most of my days on wrestling and football but she she knows nothing about sport she's not into sport she asked me a few weeks ago who ronda rousey was she'd heard of this person so if she's heard the name then she is very much in that echelon of, of mainstream that the wwe create even now even after that she's lost and and she's not as hot as she probably was maybe 18 months ago and i think the pop would be amazing there's a couple of extra points here isn't there there's not just you know her coming in you know completely blind out of, out of the clear blue sky she's had a Wrestlemania moment mm. and, and there is this connection between her and her friends that have been wrestling and in the Bay Young tournament and all this kind of thing so yeah. you know it's not this wouldn't be like I mean if, if um, Paul name oh, okay I'll, I'll go the other way if McGregor turned up right Ooh. if McGregor turns up in the Rumble you know obviously that's the biggest star in, of all time by miles but if he turns up in the Rumble, that's the biggest shock of all time because he not only has never had a really connection with WWE, he seems to hate it. So you would think that would be, you know, that would be a huge shock. But it, she, hers wouldn't be because of not just the rumours, but because of the links previously. So I think there's the different sort of uh, credibility level. So you, but you're saying, Paul? So, you, so I, I'm going to say both of you now, yes or no? Paul Rousey in the Rumble? Yes. Ash? Um, yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so we're both going in. I agree. I think it seems more likely than not. Um, I feel like saying no just to be different but I do agree I think it's probably more likely so but Paul you're saying if she's in it she doesn't have to win I'm saying that she's in it and she wins Ash are you agreeing with me? Oh, I think Asuka's going to win it so I think somehow she whether it's by a brawl that gets out of hand and she happens to go over the top rope or like Paul said maybe a combination of you know five or six maybe the four horsewomen who she had a kind of face off with at the Mae Young Classic get her out and then we lead to Asuka Ronda Rousey some other way or we get a sort of four and four match at Wrestlemania with Rousey and her crew that's how I see it, I see it going that's where I see it as well I see the two women's storylines going to Wrestlemania exactly that so you get the four horsewomen eliminating Rousey and then she brings in the backup of Shania Baszler and the other two whose names I don't know coming in for that big four on four match at Mania gets Ron Rousey involved doesn't have a holding on a one on one match and then you get Alexa Bliss against Asuka and as I've long said once Asuka gets her hands on her in a title match can't believe they threw it away on Raw but whatever wasn't for a title she needs to knock Alexa Bliss's head off in 10 seconds at Wrestlemania um, and that's your crowning moment for Asuka so you can you can accomplish both things without cutting the balls off either of them so to speak <laughs> so, so awkwardly to speak <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw you a slightly different one because I always look at the idea of being Wrestlemania being where you're going to go with the match so if you come up with a match that's so obvious that you have to do it you know it's Stone Cold versus The Rock it's, it's Bret Hart versus you know um, versus Owen at that time all those kind of uh, Bret Hart versus Sean I should say all those matches where you look at it and go that's what you've got to do if you've got Asuka and Ronda Rousey in the same company at the same time and you don't know how long they're both going to be around for don't you do that at Wrestlemania if you've got both of them I, no. see, I, I think I do that at WrestleMania as the. Um, it, I think it depends massively on how long she's around for Ronda. If she's if she's going to come in and be a wrestler for the next several years, whether it's working the Brock schedule or whatever, I think this is the big this is the big talking point. So, would you say it, we're all saying that she's going to appear for the Rumble and then let's say WrestleMania? 
Paul, is that her done? Is that is that what she's going to do? Is she going to do a stint of a few months and then disappear, or is she going to be a full time, you know, or not full time, but a, a participant going forward? Lesnar. Yeah, I think I think she will. I think she'll have a Lesnar schedule. But uh, if you worked on the assumption that she's one and done after WrestleMania, then I don't think you necessarily. Why do you need to have that match when you can get you can get equally as much publicity from her in that eight woman match, and then have still have Asuka looking dominant and a star later on? Why not look to do Asuka against Rousey next year after after Asuka's gone a full year unbeaten? You get two bites of the cherry this year, and you get um, if they're both still around and willing, you get a much bigger match the following year. So you're having two bites of the cherry, um, Pepsi Max. That's not fair. You've got it uh, uh, <laughs> still still in your brain. Here's what I'm here's what I'm offering to you. If Ronda Rousey is just coming in just to test the water, I'm talking. I'm thinking WWE here, guys. What happened when Lesnar came in? the second time round what did they do straight to Cena and what happened Cena won didn't he that one Cena beat him their MO when bringing in someone major like that is to beat them that's what they do I'm not saying it's the right thing to do but they beat them and I'm saying that they might look at Ronda Rousey and go okay she's an enormous star but she's going to be a star whatever she does let's bring her in Let's bring her into a, a women's Royal Rumble. Let's have her and Asuka eliminate each other. Let's have a, a hate-filled, you know, real go at it between now and the WrestleMania, and Asuka wins. And you've given your top female on the roster the biggest credibility you possibly could because she beat Ronda Rousey. And then when you get Asuka to have the title belt, man alive have you got a hot property on your hands. Because not only is she the best woman in, in wrestling and unbeaten in however long, she beat that woman from the MMA. And then you give her the title belt and she's off to the races. If you then want to bring Ronda back next year, she's still a big star. She's still mainstream. She's still attractive. She still can do her bit. She can just say, I wasn't ready. I hadn't had enough training. I want another shot. And you can do that. You can tell that story. Her... Uh, um, she still do, I, it, was it Holm Holly Holm was that who beat her mm, yeah, right? yeah. so I, I've had to dig that up out of my brain but no one's talking about Holly Holm coming to Wrestlemania no one's talking about I want to say this is there a Misha Tate have I made that up no you've not made that up okay mate. well no one's talking about her coming to Wrestlemania right and I believe both of them have been champions and have beaten each other and done whatever the only one anyone's talking about is Ronda because she was the one that was around for longer and she's the one that's got the more mainstream appeal. You can bring her back at any time and she's still a star. They brought Lesnar in, they beat him. Lesnar lost like three of his first four matches, didn't he? Because he lost to Cena, he lost to Triple H at least. You know, he had to cheat to beat Punk. They, they really didn't th- throw Lesnar in to begin with and looking invincible. I don't think they were sure of him. The longer time's gone on, they've given him more and more, you know, these matches where he just destroys people. But they've taken a bit of time to warm back to him. I think their MO is to beat their is to beat the MMA guy to make the wrestling guy or the the wrestling woman in this case the sports entertainment woman look better. So I'm saying you can do Alexa versus I don't know Sasha and Bailey and do a triple threat, and you can do Charlotte versus Becky or whatever on on the SmackDown side, and you can do Asuka versus Ronda. I don't see why you can't do three matches, two title matches, and an attraction. I don't see why you can't. I think I'd I'd buy that. Good luck with uh, good luck with convincing Ronda Rousey's management team that she's going to lose on her first go in. Well, Brock lost in his first. Well, Brock lost in his first go in. It's a very different proposition, mate. Money boy. Um, it's all about the cash. If they offer yeah. stupid amounts of money for it to lose, she loses. Ronda uh, disagree. Ronda Rousey's got a credit, a mainstream cachet and credibility that she's got to protect, especially after two big losses and potentially and looking like she's lost her head in MMA. Lesnar never had that. Lesnar had MMA 
profile and WWE profile, but he never had mainstream profile. Ash's wife doesn't know who Brock Lesnar is. My wife doesn't know who Brock Lesnar is. But um, it's a different... Your, your work Basically, it's the difference between working with... Uh, uh, you know, a sports, a, a small-time sports agent, and dealing with a Hollywood agent, um, and the biggest Hollywood agent. She's represented by IMG, the biggest in the world. There's no way that they let her come in and don't look dominant. They need this. They need her to look good and rehabilitate her image. That's part of this. Um, they're not having us ask her beat on a first go round. Not a chance. First. You know what's really interesting? I, I wouldn't go ask her either. I would not go ask her on the Rousey. She was going to singles match. I'll be Charlotte Flair. For me, that's uh, the match. It's it's the it's a WWE person inside and out. She's a flair for Christ's sake, you know. You gotta get more WWE, more wrestling than that. She's she's got the look. She's got she can talk English as well in the in the build up to it. Whereas Asuka struggles a little bit. That is a really good point. I'll stop. Sorry to sorry to cut you off. No, no, go for I'd it. I'd not thought of that. That's a really good point. Whoever wrestles Ronda, that's going to be a mainstream thing, isn't it? That's going to go. You're going to go on talk shows and on sports centers and stuff. And if the, yeah, if, press if, if the well. opponent can't talk, that's a really good point. Yeah, and that's why. I, and I and I would like to see that match. You know, Charlotte's. You know, she's got that stature. You can see her toe to toe. They could start to build that with the four and four because Charlotte would be in that, and then you build to them having a one on one, say at SummerSlam, SummerSlam or Survivor Series. That's the and way then, I do. And then you have a year building up Asuka as unbeaten, turning yeah. slowly heel like she did in NXT, and then you have basically the Rocky Four scenario. Can she beat the big foreign heel um, at WrestleMania 35? I I'm just not, think there's so much more value. I'm not saying, by the way, that that's not a better way of doing it, or indeed it's not a, a plausible way of doing it. My, my, I was trying to go with the WWE style, and the yeah. WWE style is not necessarily you know, to build up this huge star all the way along. Often they beat them and want to humble them and, and they're not certain how long they've got them. That was my rationale, really. Not necessarily that I think it's the best thing for business. I absolutely think that, yeah, you give it another year of them both winning and then Asuka versus Ronda at WrestleMania 35, man alive. But you've got to get there, is my point. Someone can get injured, someone can retire. Lots of, of things can happen. I'm always of the theory that if you have a match, go with it as soon as you can within plausible boundaries without, you know, holding back and holding back because you never know what can go wrong. Um... Well, I think we've done some uh, we've done some depth on that. Um, let's talk about the, the Rumble matches as a whole um, and some of some more fun aspects of them. We, we're, all, we're always used to um, storyline progression. We're used to some surprise entrance, some some fun little uh, uh, interventions along the way. Have you got anything up your sleeve, Ash, in terms of what you think for either either of them? You know, be it um, someone you think might turn, someone you think might be a surprise entrant. You know, what, what have you got? I think, well, given that there's it's a 30-woman Royal Rumble, and there aren't any, I don't think there's 30 across the two rosters anyway, so we, we are bound to get surprises in the Women's Royal Rumble. I expect a few of the NXT girls to, to make an appearance, probably Kiri, Kiri Sane, given that she won the May Young. There's a lot of stake in her at the moment. Um, Kurt Angle on Raw this week was speaking to someone on the phone who's a legend. Who said something, he said something like, oh, you can still do it in the ring, come back for the Rumble. So that's was a given that that's somebody, and especially with Raw 25, you know, the week before, so I think you're looking at the leaders, the Trish Stratuses. Uh, I heard rumor about Misha McCall, Molly Holly. So you know, I'd like it, it's going to be a nostalgia trip for a lot of it. 
Um, I just hope that the focus is on whoever's winner is going to be. There's probably going to be a face-off between the two uh, stables from SmackDown and Raw, where or not they'll go down. That will go down too well, I don't know, because I think the SmackDown stable especially is kind of bombed, but I expect that to happen. So, yeah, I think a lot of surprises in the women's Royal Rumble. I don't think there'll be as many in the men's. There wasn't last year, and I think given that we've got the women's one to do that, I think we're going to see a pretty solid, sort of straightforward Rumble no really big name surprises no blast from the past because I don't think it needs it um, but I do feel like we might see some sort of Finn Balor heel turn in the uh, in the Royal Rumble where he because he seems to have that grin at the moment where he's back with the club and he's looking like a heel and I think that's the way we might see Finn go uh, at the Royal Rumble Wow okay interesting um, Paul anything to to, uh, to follow that up? Um. Yeah no I, I'm I'm not particularly inspired by the um, potential potential surprises this time for the for Royal Rumble. The one that keeps sticking in my head, and I don't know why, maybe it's because the Hardys are back in the fold or whatever. I keep seeing um, the Hurricane. <laughs> I don't know why. What's I have no with that? idea why. I just think like if you've got quite a serious Royal Rumble and suddenly you hear the dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 I think people react to it I think it's been long enough he's a free agent I don't know complete stab in the dark I'm a genius if it were if it, if it happens but that's just the one I that's the one I'm pulling out my ass Hurricane I think that's um, I think that's most reasonable I think that's a uh, a really good shout that tends to be the again I watched some recent Rumbles lately and there was a couple there's only a couple of rumbles ago that we saw DDP and we saw um, uh, the good the, the Godfather and whatever, and but they didn't last very long. You know, Road Dog, a few others, but they would come in and get sure. slung almost immediately. So they don't have to come in. Um, you know, even you know Bubba Ray Dudley before they went back to the Dudley Boys again came in at three and lasted a couple and then went out. Um, you know, those are the kind of one, the ones that are basically still wrestling and still in good enough shape that they can take one bump. Um, yeah. but they don't need to do a lot more than that other than be a uh, relatively early on um, you know, nostalgia appearance I think that's a really good shout actually I haven't really got anyone in my uh, in my mind I sort of feel that they might go to the uh, the Duggan well once more um, oh. I, I know they've done it a couple of times but it is the uh, it's the 30th anniversary correct Not the th- I mean I'm doing it in proper anniversaries not WWE fake uh. anniversaries yeah, of the first match. The first one was two, the first of the first one was not, the first one was 1988, wasn't it? So it's 30 yeah, years. Yeah, so there's yeah. just there's a little bit of a tie up. We're going to have a nostalgia week because what? of the uh, the raw the raw 25. So he might just be one that uh, that clings. What about on. what about the obligatory um, NXT entrant in the male Royal Rumble? Who would you think? Who would you guys think is going to be the the NXT one and done? Like we had Ty Dillinger last year, didn't we? We've had Rusev and Bo Dallas in the past. Who so one that gets so family? one that gets a, just a, a one-off stint and then yep comes in not necessarily has, not, has his spot in the Rumble. Uh, I think Dillinger uh, yeah Dillinger didn't come. He didn't no, they debut him, then until they, later. I might be mistaken. Yeah, yeah, literally they called him up. Yeah, that's what I thought. Then. Literally just comes in for one night and then shuffles off back to NXT. Okay, well I yep. th- I think you need a character. I don't think you can just have a wrestler so I don't think it would work if it was say McIntyre or Almas or Alistair Black or I don't think that would really work the whole point of the last you know that one with Ty was that he was a you know he was a, he was a character wasn't he he, he was, was number 10 as well and it was, oh yeah that I, was I, right of course it, it was, was I'm still furious about that I, I'm insistent I said this last year Ash 
how because that was everywhere, wasn't it, beforehand? Oh, yeah. he's going to be ten. He's going to be ten. How brilliant would it have been if number ten had been someone really shit? <laughs> and and he's gone ten. Everyone's going ten, ten, ten. And it, and it was Mojo Rawley, right? And then eleven goes, and that was Dillinger. That'd have been so much better if he was eleven. Yeah. That's a, that's a much better <laughs> joke. And it's a year. It's a year ago, and I'm still annoyed that they didn't do that. Um, I, how about the um, the Velveteen Dream? That is that's who I was going to say. That is. Mm, that's, I, I, I think that's the that's the way to go. It's a character, isn't it? Good shout, guys. I think we're going to see Pete Dunn. Ooh, I, said yeah. it, I, I said it last year. Um, he's since had his shot on Raw. I think, uh, and presumably he'll be in town for the NXT show and the tape and stuff. I'm going to say we'll see Pete Dunn. Yeah, I like that as well. I think both of I those like are both of those are reasonable. Um, you know, it wouldn't greatly shock me if you wanted to. I mean, I'm not saying they will call them up at this stage, but. It, we probably wouldn't do two people because it wouldn't have quite the same sort of um, impact. But imagine if, like, number five in the Rumble was one of the authors of Pain and number six was the other one. I think that's a great shout. I think it'd be a hell of a way to debut the match. And, and, then, and, then, shot for a and they while. clear the ring of everyone and then someone else comes in and they clear it and then you've got the authors of Pain ruling and then Roman Reigns comes in or something like that. And they can't get, they can't quite get rid of him. And then someone else comes in and they chuck the authors out. But you know that would be a good way of debuting, you know, the team and how dominant they were, is to have them early in the rumble and clear the rumble. We've seen that with teams before, you know, with like Randy Orton's legacy or with the, the Steiners that you mentioned. Um, you know, there's been other teams that have, you know, quite early on or um, the, the Wyatt family. You know, that's happened plenty of times. The CM Punk and his um, his crew. It has happened plenty of times where they've, they've cleared the ring early with a little team and then waited for others. If you were going to debut the authors, you could do it that way because that's what their game is. I'm not saying they will. I don't think that's likely, but I'm saying it's... No, a, it'd be great fun, wouldn't it? Good it's shout. A, it's a possibility. Mm. And on the female side of things, um, again, it could be a debut. It could just be a one-off, but she's got enough going on to be interesting. Uh, it's Nikki Cross, who would... Yeah. Her, the way Nikki yeah, Cross's yeah. Char- character is... I mean, she's very, very good, but her character... Ash said at the top of the podcast, all in. You know, she is all in on that character, and the Rumble is an absolutely perfect place for uh, for her to look. You know, to, to really get the most out of her kind of mad character, and you can see her getting, you know, throwing herself out because she dives over the top on someone or or some such thing. But you could really get some uh, some steam behind her, whether you're going to debut her now or later. Um, and then just sticking with them, um, you know, that sort of theory and that sort of group. Um, I believe it was last year's WrestleMania on the pre-show. They nearly went with Killian Dane, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was at um, WrestleMania. You would make sense. Yeah. So that could be another one. On. I don't think there's quite. Enough. I think they've got plenty of male wrestlers that they can they can fill with. I, I get the feeling that unless you know, I don't see Jericho or anyone no. of that level appearing. Um, I don't think there's any other free agents I can think of that would be coming back to be like a regular, like a you know, we've seen a. You know, a Goldberg or a Sting or a Kurt Angle, or I don't think there's anyone of that level that would come in and and, and be a threat. You know, well, I, I, Batiste, well, Batista's the only one, isn't it? There's rumours that he wants to get back in, but I don't know if we're ready for Batista again yet. They surely couldn't go down that road again because they after they got mm. burned last time. I know. So I, I I see the male surprises as being maybe an NXT guy, but probably more likely just 28 or 29 from the roster, and then like you say, Paul the Hurricane. You know, I think that you know, or, you know, that that really could be it, couldn't it? It's just a oh yeah, um, just a just one, a, a gimmick guy, and that's it. One I put forward um, for the female Royal Rumble, not looking at legends of the past and stuff like, because yeah, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot, that isn't it? But uh, Piper Niven, Viper, 
Um, I think she she went down well in the uh, May Young Classic. Young, yeah. The size would make her a bit different. I could definitely see her getting a, getting a spot in there. Yeah, I think Car- it's Karma as well, isn't there? There could be a showdown with her and Nia Jax. That's another one. Mm, yeah, she's got the uh, she's got the, the um, what's it called glow mm. uh, fame now, isn't she? So that could be interesting. I mean, that was I mean, it would it would kind of it would kill one quiz question and it would start another one, wouldn't it? The the idea that. Um, no, Karma only only had one. You know, surely there can't be too many people that have had one match ever, and it's and it was the Royal Rumble. You know that that, that <laughs> can't be. That's the only match she's ever had in WWE was a Royal Rumble, and it was in the male one. But she could come in. She could ruin that record. But she could have one in the women's. I feel the only person to have featured in both. I think they'll do that with someone. I think they'll say she's the first person to have appeared in both. And since it can't be China, um, I reckon we might see Beth. Yes. Beth, well, Beth. she's com- she's commentating on the mix match challenge, isn't she? Yeah, she's she is, in the, yeah. she's part she's in the she's part of the team again. You know, um, you know, she's got that little bit of you know extra, you know, associated fame with Edge. Um, you know, and obviously Edge and Christian still have their podcast and they're still relevant. And um, you know, Beth is not. You know, you said about Michelle McCool and you know others like that. I mean, Michelle obviously has got a link with Taker. So if they were going to bring Michelle in, that would probably be why. But there are lots from that sort of era where you go, well. They could bring in Eve Torres, or they could bring in Kelly Kelly, or Melina, or there's a whole bunch of those where you go, yeah, but it would just be, oh look, there's so and so, but it wouldn't mean a great deal, would it? Whereas I think if if it was Beth, I think they'd feel that they've got a little bit of an extra reason to do that because of her links with Edge and because of the MMC and, and whatever. And you know, is what's Lita's health like? Is she is she is she can she take a bump? I know she had some neck issues and, and retired and stuff, so Lita would be one as well because she's part of the company. But I'm not sure how her health stands up to be thrown over the top. Yeah, I'm no not idea. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about it later. But I, I spoke. I, I spoke to Nia Jax earlier in the week, and she mentioned Beth Phoenix. So obviously she's in the mix because if she's mentioning somebody she'd like to see, and she probably knows a lot more than we do. So I, I think it's a pretty much a given we may see the glamazon in there. Going back to the male one though, one thing I really expect to happen is a sing-off between Elias and Aiden English. One of those <laughs> mid, oh, stop brilliant. it in the middle of the rumble type thing. Like I think that might happen. Well, one and two. We did our um, yeah. I mean, that's a great shout. We did our sheep quiz reveal on Facebook Live earlier on today. We're recording this on uh, Thursday the 11th, and we did our sheep quiz reveal on Facebook Live earlier. And I think Paul, that um, was it the second, uh, the second high. We we asked the question, or Paul asked the question, um, who would be the number one entrant in the male Royal Rumble? And I think the second highest suggestion from the sheep was uh, was Elias, wasn't it? That's correct. Just so, one behind John Cena. John behind Cena. So you could definitely see Elias, Elias as number one, having a bit of a sing, and uh, and Aiden at number two, or vice versa. That could uh, that would work for me. I could see that happening. Yep, I think I think that would make for it. It'd make a very comedy start of it. But why the hell not? They're both talented enough. Let's do it. You do Elias at one, Aiden English at two, sing off, small wrestle off, Rusev at three. Rusev in sm- smashes up Elias. Aiden English goes, "Yeah, my mate's here," and then he throws out Aiden as well. And then you've got Rusev sitting there and waiting for number. Happy four. Rusev Day. <laughs> yeah. That is so fun, isn't it? Like, it's you, how do you explain to someone you've got Rusev? You've got this sort of quite squat, you know, sort of greasy-haired foreign guy. You know, that's, has he had some good matches? Yeah, he's okay. He misses his fit. And you're doing all this kind of stuff. Well, why, why is he so great? You go, I can't really tell you. Because he's not had any great matches or anything like that. But it's just, he's just a funny guy, isn't he? Not, he's, got, he's got funny bones and he's just dead likeable. And it's like, I, I can't understand why I like him so much. And I, I, 
would challenge anyone to explain and give me an 800 word essay on just why Rusev is so cool but does do you know anyone that doesn't like him because he's cool mate you've hit the nail on the head but you can't explain it some people you can like The Rock clearly you know The Rock is good looking and he's and he's chilled and he's got great one liners and he's got a good voice and it's like you can explain why The Rock is cool can't you you can't explain why Rusev is <laughs> he just is I, I'm, I'm with you I, I think it's because also he's he's humble in the fact that he's very good in, in his comedic ways as well like he's actually funny he's a really charming funny guy and that comes across as, as being somebody you can relate to a little bit more so at the same time he's this badass kicking machine I mean I'd make him Smackdown's answer to Samoa Joe that's my dream that's what I think he should be but because he's got this side to him that he's very funny he's very charming he's got the girl as well which I think always helps he's great on social media I, I just I, I, I just love him I've got there's no downside to Rusev he's absolutely he's brilliant I agree and I think actually they probably will keep him in their back pocket because they probably think that actually they can get along with the ha-ha for quite a while and they can keep him there and no one's you know, showing signs of getting bored by him yet but if they want to ratchet him up I think they probably could I think he's still but I don't think he's necessarily you know there's some people that can go too too much down the funny line and you can't really get them back again but I think Rusev would still be credible if they wanted to say you know, let's say that they gave the let's say AJ lost the title and it went to Kevin Owens and then Rusev did what Paul says and wins the the Rumble you could have a hell of a Wrestlemania match between Kevin Owens and Rusev and you'd believe it you know Rusev could between now and Mania totally get himself over as a babyface number one contender totally that would be a great match mm, yeah no I'm with you I agree uh, right then I think um, how are we looking boys any, does anyone want to bring up anything else Rumble wise as in the uh, the current this year's Rumble we've done a great deal on it so far but uh, uh, and we're going to have a little chat in a wee bit about some of our uh, rumble memories and, and so forth but um, for, for while we are currently does anyone want to add anything on the uh, on the rumble itself I'll, I'll, you, I'd only say uh, oh. oh sorry go on Paul no no no, no actually look, carry on mate you go very quickly that um, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan the tag title match just a little shout out to Jason Jordan I think he's been somebody who's really really quickly improved week on week over the last because you, know, you go through this weird period between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble where there's no pay-per-view there's Christmas and the storylines are all over the place but I really dig what he's doing at the moment he's not quite turned heel he's this rookie and he's making mistakes and he's getting up his people's noses but he's doing it really well and I think he, he deserves the spot that he's in I know they've been forced into it with Dean's injury but I'm, I'm really liking the, the role that Jason Jordan's playing uh, if he's in the Rumble that'd be quite interesting to see what he's doing as well yeah, I feel they I feel they'll probably keep him out of it based on the uh, the fact he's in another match. But um, it's um, I've never quite and Paul will know this from my repeated efforts on the podcast. But I I sort of don't really get the hate. I mean I I, underst- I understand why because people tell me that it's it's you know it's fans rejecting someone that they feel is being pushed down their throat. But that just always annoys me that like, the idea that people know better and it's like you know Madison Square Garden you know in one calendar year you know, booed Shawn Michaels and The Rock in favour of people like, you know, um, Sid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, the, the people don't always know what's best for them, is what I want to say. And it's like, I'm not saying Jason Jordan's, the, you know, the next Shawn Michaels. He's not. He's not. He's a good wrestler, but he's not got the personality. And I think he was better suited in American Alpha. But I, I wish people would give things a little bit more of a chance rather than going, oh, this is being shoved down our throat. Boo. And it's like, oh, I, I, they're, they're the sheep. Do you know what I mean? In my opinion. Mm. But, uh, 
Let's not get onto that slagging off our listeners for ways when I do this. I can hear him so- silently seething, going, you're, you're having a go at our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed an opinion, as are they. That's de- that's democracy. And uh, they can they will shout louder than me when it comes to the uh, uh, the Royal Rumble um, pay-per-view parties in just a couple of weeks' time. And unless Paul wants to dive in and interrupt me now, if he's got any extra, wrestle- uh, any extra Royal Rumble things to talk about... I can move on to that. Paul, are you going to dive in and interrupt me? Just very, very, very quickly, I want to give a shout-out to the other tag team title match. I'm a sucker for a good two out of three falls match. (laughs) I'm also a sucker for an Usos tag team match. And the work that Chad Gable, the other half of American Alpha, has been doing with Shelton Benjamin, um, or Jason Jordan Sr., as some have called him, um, I think it's been fantastic. They've turned into a really nice little bitter heel tag team. Um, I think that's going to be a wicked match. Jason Jordan Senior. Is that, really? Is that what people have gone with? Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard it. Yeah, in more than one spot. I was suddenly, uh, suddenly thinking they could do some sort of angle where, when Shelton was in Team Angle and he's really the dad. But actually, it's about twelve years ago, isn't it? it doesn't really work in terms, yes, of, yeah. that's it. in terms of the timeline. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so what I want to say is I've, I can't believe I overlooked it at the start. I think I might have to go back and uh, chastise myself for uh, for not mentioning it. But uh, I introduced at the start of the podcast um, Ash Rose from the Gorilla Position podcast, and that's absolutely fine. Does a fine job on that very good show. But more importantly, Paul, since the last time Ash has uh, been on this show, I think he, we can tell everyone that he's been recruited to a, a more important <laughs> team, wouldn't you? I go on, go on. I think we can mention it. Well, Ash, 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 is, Ash is part of much more impressive than uh, than uh, with those gorilla guys. He's uh, he's part of Team How. Indeed, he is. Woo! Finally, <laughs> finally, because we've been working on this for quite a long time, and it's uh, these things do take a little bit of time to come to fruition. But what I'm getting at is we have, um, or Paul will explain, 214 or something like that parties going on around the country. I might be 200 out there. But I think about 14 parties going on around the country for the Royal Rumble, which Paul will talk to you about in just a second. Um, but Ash, we're very, very happy uh, to say, uh, is on board to host down in Brighton. So uh, are you looking forward to your uh, your How debut, sir? I cannot wait, Rob. I really can't. I'm really honoured that you guys have uh, let me join the team. I've, I've joined a new stable. I'm very happy to be part of the Hooked On team and the success you guys have had because it's phenomenal, I have to say. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing everyone down at the walk walkabout in Brighton. I'm sure it'll be a great night regardless of what the pay-per-view, but I'm, as I've been to the parties. I always know they're fun regardless of what happens on the actual pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I've got my boy Skillet with me as well who is part of the Gorilla Position team. And so uh, when we get together, generally there's lots and lots of fun, especially if you buy Skillet a drink. So I implore you, <laughs> buy him a drink. He's the biggest lightweight in the world. And uh, when we were together in Brooklyn for SummerSlam, there were figure four leg locks going on. There were lots of Randy Orton impressions, Macho Man impressions. Yeah, so there'll be all that and more, I promise you, if you come down, if you're a local in Brighton, or if you just want to come from wherever, if you need a party near you, come and see me. I can't wait to represent Hooked On at Brighton. I might be doing doing Skillet a disservice here. If I am, I'm really, really sorry. But I think the first time I met him was at the Bruce show, where you guys came along to watch the um, the Bruce Richard show, didn't you, in in London? Um, And I don't recall having met him before that. If I have, I'm very sorry I forgot him. But I think the first time I met him was towards the end of that night, and he came over and he said how much he enjoyed the show, and he went, you're so right, man, Brett's the man. And I thought, I don't remember expressing at any point to him my love for Bret Hart. <laughs> Bret Hart is my favourite wrestler of all time. But I don't think I said it on stage with Bruce. I don't think I mentioned it that evening. And I'm fairly certain he came over and expressed his agreement with me. And I thought, 
That's pretty cool. Either he's a mind reader, a listener to the podcast, or I've met him before and you know horribly I've forgotten him. But he seemed like a very, uh, a very I, good chap. I, and I, 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 think I, I enjoyed him, Rob. Oh, you I think told I him. I told Mark. him that night that when I, I explained who you guys were, how I knew you, and blah blah blah. I think because I'd been on not long before that, and we did the the best of times, worst of times, and we did the Bret Hart one. And right. I think I was explaining that, so I may have said uh, at that point. There you that go. Rob, that's, actually, that's, actually, that's actually quite a dull explanation. <laughs> I wish I hadn't known that. It was much more fun to have a bit more of mystique. Actually, <laughs> that, does, that that does make some sense. And he's a, he's a lovely addition on that on that your show as well. I, I like I like the differing characters on your show. And it's uh, it works really nicely the the blend. And he's uh, he offers something different. So that's I didn't know he was going to be with you in Brighton. That's fantastic news. So yeah. So if you're uh, if you're around the Brighton area. Uh, do get yourself along to the uh, the walkabout where you can see uh, a couple of main stars from the Gorilla Pushin podcast that will be taking you through that evening. And uh, speaking of taking you through, Paul now has the, uh, the long and arduous task uh, of rattling through all of our different venues uh, where we're going to be bringing you Hooked on Magic for the Raw Rumble. Take it away, Maestro. Okay, well, long but not arduous, mate. I'll run through um, each of our venues and our hosts at the various different events. We've got London, which we've got some reprobate called Rob McNichol hosting for us, as usual, at the Grand in Clapham. Can't wait for that. Well on its way to a sellout already, so get your tickets pronto for that, guys. We are in Shooters in the following city, Shooter Sports Bars in Leeds, with Ben Brown, as usual, hosting for us, with... Um, with uh, Danny Hope in Manchester. Again, he's our regular host there. We've got a first-timer in Liverpool. We're getting local stand-up comedian Kiefer Lewis. And I found out tonight, Kiefer is actually... He plays the ice cream man in Hollyoaks, um, randomly. <laughs> so, therefore, there you go. Um, in Cardiff, you lucky lot, I've got the uh, the jewel in our crown. We've got SoCal Val. Um going to Cardiff to entertain you guys and girls. Um, we won't see her for a while because she's going to be um, hosting... Is it the Wale Mania at WrestleMania? So uh, I think we've been outbid on our services for, for New Orleans. Um, Nottingham is going to be looked after by Richard Young. And in Birmingham, we're going for something a bit different. We're going for the Dream Team, Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's a tale as old as time. We've got Dave Mastiff and Joanna Rose. In fact, a Rose is in Beauty and the Beast as well. It's like the central thing, isn't it? So that works even better than I thought. Um, okay, uh, anyway, I digress. Um, we go down to Bournemouth for our first stint at Sharky Sports Bar, a fantastic little bar in the centre of town where uh, the ever-present Steve Linsky is going to be looking after us. Um, then we start a stint of walkabouts. Um, in Derby, we have got um, Joseph Connors of WWE's United Kingdom Tournament. Um, similarly, in Sheffield, we've got um, Sexton, um, the Muscle Cat, uh, uh, Sexton Hart. Uh, my, I, my, sorry, I can't even say it. Saxon Huxley. I, 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 I keep saying... <laughs> <laughs> Saxon hooks. I can never get my teeth around it. I just keep calling him the Muscle Cat or Wrestling Jesus. You were gonna um, call him. You were gonna call him Sexton Hardcastle, which was an early edge always, gimmick. I always do the same thing. I always call him Sexton Hardcastle. Sorry, mate, but uh, I just can't get it out of my head. Um, and then in Brighton, um, we've got the vivacious and disgustingly handsome Ash Rose um, taking Yee. taking care of the scenes that you've heard. In Chelmsford, we're making our walkabout debut there, and we've got Gilligan Gordon, one of the shining lights on the wrestling uh, management scene in the UK. He's going to be there. Doug Williams is going to be back with us. He's going to be in Reading again, um, looking after our party there. And we go north of the border for the first time, where we've got Jamie Kennedy um, taking control of proceedings. Jamie Kennedy from... Uh, the from famous from ICW as a manager and from formerly what culture and now what do they call it defiant 
um, as a commentator he's going to be uh, the master of ceremonies at the walkabout in Glasgow and we're done 14 parties one night no hair for me um, and you can get all your tickets um, right now we've still got tickets available for all the parties from ringsideworld.co.uk or hookedonevents.co.uk any information you want uh, go to facebook.com forward slash ho wrestling I have one big problem with the lineup, and that is that is yeah, that's part of it. There is uh, one big problem with this lineup. Um, about two years ago, when we were doing about four or five different parties, um, I was the most famous person doing these parties, most well, <laughs> the most well known, um, and everyone will go, "Oh, you've got Robert Nickel hosting. That's a coup for you." I'm now about ninth. Oh, that's uh, absolutely no! It isn't. It isn't. You've got about six wrestlers. You've got a manager. You've got Ash Bloody Rose is on the on the line at the moment. Oh, I think he's I on think a bigger. Pegging, he's on a he's on a bigger podcast than me. So it's that it's it's not on. By the way, well, I've got SoCal Val and Joanna. You've doubled up in bloody Birmingham, where you've got that's. I want to go to Birmingham. I don't want to host in London. I want to go to Birmingham because that's going to be so fun. <laughs> I, I love Dave. Dave Massive's the best. Sorry, Ash, but Dave Massive's the best guest we've ever had on this podcast. He was absolutely hey, brilliant. And I was. I want to go and see him. It's, you've t- well. Anyway, listen. And in fact, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to show my um, lack of appreciation with your rundown, run which makes me feel bad. Um, by telling you, Paul, and this is a bit of a shock to you. I've not told you about this before the show in our planning meeting. That I've actually found a replacement for you. Um, oh, not on good. the whole, not on the podcast as a whole, but on the uh, the live event centre, as you might want to call it. So just um, let me just. Uh, let me just bring in my uh, new co-host here. Uh, okay. O- OK, Google. Um, is the Royal Rumble on in London? Here's a summary from the website facebook.com. WWE Royal Rumble viewing party London with Hooked on Events. Once again, <laughs> Hooked on Events in association with WWE DVD will bring our Royal Rumble party to the Grand Clapham Junction. Admit it, we all love WrestleMania, but the Royal Rumble is the highlight of any true wrestling fan's calendar. There you have it, right? So all of your nonsense, all I do is ask my little oh, Google thing you. what I got for Christmas, and it can explain it. It does only do London right enough. I spent about 45 bloody minutes talking to this thing tonight going, is the Royal Rumble on in Manchester? Sorry, I don't know what you mean. Is the Royal Rumble in the shooters' bars? Don't know what you mean. It took me so long getting the wording for that. Anyway, Google knows. I, I was, I, I could not believe it. I was just idly just asking. You know, when you get the, basically you have these wonderful pieces of equipment that have taken years and whatever to develop, and basically what you do is try and get them to swear. Um, yes. Well, I was like, you know, and, ask, and ask them stupid questions. Um, well, I was doing that, and I mentioned the Royal Rumble, <laughs> and it said Clapham Grand. And I was like, I know, and I couldn't get it back again. I asked it where's the Royal Rumble on in London and it said the Grand in Clapham and I couldn't get it back again it's taken me ages to ask the right question to get that response <laughs> but also it has an opinion on the Rumble wait for this it an opi- okay Google who is going to win the Royal Rumble on the website Forbes.com they say WWE must avoid predictable Royal Rumble win for John Cena or Roman Reigns. <laughs> See, it's better than us. It's way it's pithy. We could do like a 14-minute podcast with a Google machine and then that's us away. I'm out of a job, mate. <laughs> yeah, thank God. It's taken me a year. <laughs> I managed to replace you with something that I got for Christmas. So it's, uh... <laughs> well, it's better than like one of those chocolate right. two- machines eh yeah pause for that... life not just for Christmas no that's <laughs> not that's not the first time I've... no actually I'm not going to do that I was going to do a horrible joke <laughs> that I'm not going to do it um, right okay so uh, thank you for that rundown I mean it, 
going back to being serious, it really is very, very cool the amount of places that we're going to uh, uh, be running. We're very, very um, happy to be spreading our wings further and further across the UK, literally now. Um, I know people would get a little bit annoyed with us when we talked about a UK thing for uh, for Bruce, but we went into Ireland for that, and now we're also in, in Wales for the party, and we're in Scotland for the party. And in all seriousness, I'm messing around, but the standard of hosts that we have now, the ones that, if there's anyone on that list you've not heard of, trust me, they're good, right? The ones like such as Ben Brown and Richard Young and those are ones that we've had around for a little while, they are good because we wouldn't keep them otherwise. Everyone else, well, they're good as well, but you're talking proper, you know, big names on the wrestling scene all over the place. And it's very, very humbling to us as Hooked On as the brand that people want to come and do this for us, especially when they come back. You know, when you get someone as distinguished, I can't even say the word, but as distinguished as Doug Williams, you know, one of genuinely one of the greatest British wrestlers ever. Didn't catch the breaks. If, if British wrestling had taken off like it has done over the last two or three years, seven or eight years ago, Doug Williams would be one of the biggest stars in the world. I absolutely believe that. He was so good in his prime, and he's still very, very good indeed. Um, and to have Doug with us is, I think, would you agree, Paul? I'm, I'm sort of humbled by all these people that want to work with us, and including Dave and you know Joseph Connors, and it's just, it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's beyond our wildest dreams when we started this thing in Shepherd's Bush. If you'd have told me that we'd have got guys of the calibre, like you say, of Dave Mastiff and SoCal Val um, working with us, it would have just been like, all right, okay, whatever. So, no, it's it's um, it's gone a bit wild, really, hasn't it? And, you know, watch this space. We've got 14 here for the Royal Rumble, but I've got a sneaky suspicion that number might be bested come WrestleMania. Well, okay, well... It's a good job you're the admin guy, and I'm just the guy that talks nonsense on a the stage then, because uh, <laughs> I'd struggle to cope with two or three of these, let alone bloody 14. So, um, uh, yeah, tell me about it. I think I might need an assistant. Anybody, <laughs> Ash, do you, do you need a side job, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm all in for Hooked On, so yeah, I'll do, I'll do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> good lad. Fabulous stuff. Um, right, let's, let's change tack a little bit. Um, we won't go on for... Uh, a great deal on this because not only have we done some some good in-depth stuff on this year's rumble we want to have a little bit of a nostalgia fest as well um but paul talk us through the um the sheep quiz the latest sheep quiz initially when we started talking about the sheep quiz on on the podcast it was to plug it and to try and get a few more um people to join in quite frankly no plugging needed 54 spaces we were going to limit it to 50 and actually we got overtaken but 54 spaces filled inside 24 hours this time we don't need to plug this thing it's going from strength to strength well, yeah, quite the opposite of plugging it. Now I've got to keep a bloody lid on it because I don't want too many disappointed people. It has to be, can't have any more than we've got now because otherwise the game gets too diluted. But yeah, you guys love it, don't you? And it's great fun putting it together. Very hard work, I won't lie. It's very time consuming. It's about six hours work that I tend to have to do overnight to get this done. But what a laugh, what a good time, what a fun quiz. Um, and it also brings up some great discussion points, especially the one we've done this month, I think. Absolutely, and that's what I get, want to get on to. So we won't dwell on the nature of the sheep quiz. In brief, folks, it's a, a quiz in which you're not trying to get the correct answer. You're trying to get the answer that the most other people would have said. It's a little bit family fortunes. But you're not necessarily relying on what people actually think. They're also trying to think what the hive mind would say. So it's a little bit of a family fortunes cross between Mr. and Mrs. Great fun. But as Paul said, there's some real uh, talking points that come up. And one of the reasons we started the Sheep Quiz uh, across our platforms is because we wanted to have a bit of content for the uh, the podcast. And when we've got someone like uh, like Ash on the show that's um, that's well-spoken and got some good opinions, we want to be able to uh, to share these questions as well. So as always, I hand over to Paul for this because uh, it is his little baby, the, the Sheep Quiz. It's his little lamb, as it were. Um, and so let's have two, maybe three, depending on our time, um, questions from this week's um, 
sheep quiz that we think would be uh, particularly apt we can have a chat about. So not necessarily what we would do in the sheep quiz, but what we would think in real life. Um, and it was all Royal Rumble related, so it's very timely. So uh, take it away, Paul. Take it wherever you want to go, my friend. All right. Well, we're going to start with the, the, my favourite question on the on the quiz, um, and it'd be great to get yours and Ash's perspective on this. Quite simply, what do you consider the best individual performance in a Royal Rumble um, ever? And you can take that however you want. You can interpret that as kayfabe, or you can interpret that as you know the the skills of the performer themselves. Go on, Ash. I'll let, let you lead. Oh, I, I really don't want to go with the obvious answer, but. You know, when you talk Royal Rumble, you talk 1992. To me, that is that is the Rumble upon Rumbles, and that's because of Ric Flair, not just because of the you know this story that went throughout the Royal Rumble, and it was a Royal Rumble that's probably the most star-studded Royal Rumble there's ever been in terms of the talent that was involved. Uh, but the promo afterwards, the Bobby Heenan element through the whole thing, it was just the whole package of Ric Flair and 1992 was perfect booking for me, especially as he was the ultimate heel at the time back when when he and faces were what they were proper heels and faces you booed the heel you cheered the face you know it's, it's blurred these days but for me that that one always stands out the Ric Flair 1992 it's such a great rumble and especially the way he won it as well kind of tipping Hogan out at the end on the sly and then you've got him halfway through the event you know just in the ring sitting down trying to get away from it it's just a class performance summed up Ric Flair entirely so that would be one and the other one that stands out and it's it's an awkward one because I never really like mentioning the name but I always think let's just appreciate his work in ring is the Benoit win uh, 2004 when he went at number one and yeah. did kind of the Iron Man thing sure. that was a great great performance they're hard to they're hard to argue I think when, when we talk about this these kind of questions this is where we slip over to um, to sort of fighting talk mode, and I don't, I don't mean Patrick Lennon's fantastic fighting talk in the Daily Star. I mean fighting talk on Radio Five when you have the uh, you're trying to look for that sort of slightly more creative answer rather than the uh, uh, the obvious. Although, listen, I you know I, I agree with everything that uh, um, Ash just said, and indeed in the Sheep Quiz, um, Ric Flair was the uh, was the number one answer, I believe, and, and it would be hard to get away from that as an actual opinion. Um, but just to give it an extra bit of subtlety, I think I think if you'd have asked me this question blind, I think I probably would have said Bobby Heenan. You know, not, mm. you know, as as an individual, you know, as, as Paul said, take it whichever way you want. You know, and as good as Flair was in that match, Heenan was absolutely staggering, and it is the greatest commentary performance of all time. It's not a brand new opinion of mine to have come up with that. I don't think I'm being wildly original here, um, but it is worth bringing up just what an announcer can do. You know, and, and and Jr. has had some of those performances in the past, particularly when Austin was, you know, coming through, and um, what a commentator can do to just add that little finishing touch to an excellent performance and I think that has to be the one that you talk about um, if, you're, if you're going back um, over the piece, it's the one that, that jumps to my mind always is that, is that 92 and it's kind of a, a benchmark that I don't think's ever really been um, really been beaten, um, other than that you, you kind of go to the, to the writers, you know, as their performances in terms of how you've structured certain matches, because certain Rumble matches have been a bit of an arduous task to get through and others have been you know, um, really beautiful to, to follow along. And I would say that one person in particular, not necessarily just one Rumble, but one person that had a, a series of very good Rumble performances over the years um, was CM Punk. And, and one that jumps to me was Punk during his um, uh, straight edge society phase when he kept eliminating people um, and, you know, speaking on the mic in between 
because he, he got some character development in. At the start of that rumble, Punk was further on than he was at the end of it. And he had a couple of others where he was with Nexus and threw people out. And, you know, there was always something that Punk seemed to do where he left that rumble for a reason and, and had furthered his character. And just very quickly, just to end it, um, you know, 97, I think the rumble 97 is the true birth of Steve Austin. Um, I get the, not the King of the Ring thing. I get the Austin 316 thing. I definitely do. But I think the, that was the first time where he really, really got, you know, those baby face cheers because people just couldn't help but love the guy even though he was cheating and um, and showing that attitude. So I'd say I, I, I've got a, a big shout for, for 97 Austin, I think. Well, what about you, Paul? You never get to join in with these sheep things. What would you say? Well, I'd say um, the clear answer for me is Ric Flair. I think it was... You know, it just had everything. It was a true heel performance. Um, came in at number three. He had endurance. You thought he was going to get thrown out at any moment. And the beauty of it was, he wasn't someone who had been protected for so long. It wasn't like John Cena having uh, near eliminations. You, everyone just assumed Flair would go at some point anyway. So it, it was great to see it build and build and build. And you're right, Heenan had a great part to play in that, as did plenty of other guys along the way um, so I don't there's, to my mind there's not much disputing that it's Ric Flair but one I would also like to uh, mention in a similar vein and it gets overlooked because this was one of the rumbles where it was you know the dark period as I call it where the um, the um, the uh, the gap between uh, entrance was down to like a minute I think but Shawn Michaels in 1995 um, it wasn't the Iron Man because he was only in there for about 35-38 minutes bell to bell but similar to Ric Flair, he just worked his ass off from start to finish. There was no stopping him. And he was bumping around. He was hanging off by one hand. He was being hung upside down across the ropes. And I just thought the the fun in seeing that hated, cocky heel have the shit kicked out of him and then still stay on his feet and win in such a tricky, sneaky way. Because you remember the Bulldog even got his music played, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and then Shawn Michaels came back and eliminated him. I thought it was a wonderful performance, that one. I'll do a little, another little shout-out for um, a couple of people, and I know I'm slightly transgressing the question that you're talking about in a single rumble, but um, I, I, I'm be no use with my years, but there was one year where um, John Morrison stayed in by clinging onto the, the barricade yeah. and then leapt back over, and then that seemed to open the gate for a series of three, maybe four, Kofi Kingston, you know, yeah. how can you find a way of getting back in it? And that maybe peaked, and then I think it probably peaked with him pogoing on JBL's chair and then slid off after that when he was being caught by Adam Rose's rosebuds or whatever. But I think there's about four or five years where you had Kofi having a way of getting back in. And that was a fun little trope that you would go to. Um, like there was a couple of WrestleManias where you go, how is Pete Rose going to get Tombstone this time? And you would go, how is Kofi going to uh, escape and stay in the Rumble? And they could go back to that, of course. They've uh, still got Kofi around, although I don't think he's going to be an issue as a Rumble if... Uh, uh, is he? Well, I don't know. They, I don't know if New Day are in the Rumble. Oh, sure, but, maybe. Uh, um, but um, uh, that was fun as well. I just wanted to mention those two because it's not all about who wins. Sometimes it's about the moments. You have individual moments within Rumbles that can yeah. be just uh, a. Yeah. I've got a quick one of those as well that made me think and it reminds me as well of uh, uh, Paul Dulcet Tones Maven's performance in um, 2002 because oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 at the yeah. time you know Taker was going through that brilliant big evil gimmick which I'm, I know not many people are a fan of but I kind of liked it and it was such Agreed. a big big coup for him as an individual and someone who'd just come up from uh, was it Tough Enough was the show he yeah. did Tough Enough yes, yeah Tough, tough Enough, enough yeah um, and to have that moment and knock him out of the rumble with a beautiful drop kick as well. The boy could do a great drop kick. I really liked him even at that point. I thought he had a, a big future and it was a really big moment for him. So that is one that always stands out for me. 
I rather I like know. it when when they um, reference things in WWE, whether it's 20 years on or one year on. But my recollection is the following year, by which point I think Undertaker was babyface and Maven was a heel. Correct. Maven, Maven did it again, and Undertaker just bounced off the ropes, and Maven yeah. turned around going, yeah, two years in a row. And obviously Taker just destroyed him, having uh, actually survived. I like it when they do stuff like that. I think that's um, they're nice little callbacks, but also they're sort of checks subverting. And they make, I like it when heels... You know, make a fool of themselves and get get their comeuppance. I think that's the, the right way of being. That was a that's a fun little there, uh, fun little story. Any others? Yeah, what, what, what have you got for us? Let's just do uh, let's do a couple more. Cheap, look, cheap let, ones. Me, let me pull up another one. Let's have a look. Let's do, 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 let me see. What do we like here? I don't want to get too off the topic. I want to stay on the Royal Rumble. Stay on so the Rumble, and uh, I like this I'm little nostalgia say, thing. Okay. Okay, here's quite an easy one, an easy one to discuss. What do you guys think is the best uh, match at a Royal Rumble pay-per-view in the past that isn't the Royal Rumble match itself? Go ahead, Ash. Ooh, yeah, we mentioned AJ Styles, didn't we, and, and John Cena. That was, that's that up was there. Pretty, that's a good one. Um, what, what year was it? 2000, Triple H, Cactus Jack? That's a, 2000, yeah. Yeah, that's another obvious one. That, I mean, both those matches, the, the match at No Way Out as well, that, they were both fantastic. Both two performers at the very top of their game. I think that was Mick Foley's vintage year in WWE for me. I think that was brilliant. Really put Triple H as well on that next level of, as the ultimate heel in the company at that time. Um, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt. That was the Royal Rumble, wasn't it? If I remember rightly, a couple of years ago. It was. Yes. When Wyatt, that, was that was the year that everyone was expecting Bryan at 30 and he never appeared. That was the Batista year. And that was a great match. I mean, when you talk about Bray Wyatt matches, and I think they get lost a lot in his horrible, horrible loss record, but that one was a real peach of a match. That really was. Um, and the, I, I don't know, the, I, I think the um, the freeway as well, I think for me, Brock Lesnar's best match since he's been back in WWE, since we were talking when he came back after Night WrestleMania, that three-way with Seth Rollins and John Cena, that's another one as well. So yeah, I think that those ones sort of come to mind. But I think if I had to pick one, I think I'd have to go with that Triple H Cabbage Jack match because I just think it was it was so good at the time. It was two individuals really on top of their game. I'll never ever forget Triple H's facial expressions. I think it was on SmackDown when Mick Foley re- removed that shirt to become Cactus Jack. Oh, first class act from, from Triple H and, and it led to two fantastic, fantastic matches. That won the sheep quiz, did it not, Paul? That was the, uh, the number yeah, one. Oh, did uh, it? Oh, it damn it. Top, top no, of no. the pile, that one. No, there's no uh, no problem with that at all, Ash. I think it's I think most people. I think I think this was another one, but it's the same as the Flair one, where I think that I think this is the one that people would have said, um, even if they weren't trying to play the clever sheep game. I think I think that's a it's a, it's the first one that came to my mind certainly. I think at the uh, it makes me wince a little bit now. I'm not much of a hardcore guy, and there's a few too many bits in that way. It's a little bit you wouldn't get you wouldn't have that match anymore because of the uh, the riskiness of some of the spots, but. Uh, for the sheer emotion and for the story it told, although with a slightly inexplicable um, rock intervention, um, it was a very good match. And I think, yeah, it would, it would need to be up on anyone's list uh, of those kind of matches. Um, I totally agree with the sentiment of Cena and AJ last year. Wonderful match. Um, what year was they? Was it? A, did they do a ladder match between Benoit and Jericho? Was that? Was that the Rumble? 2005 was that? No, no, it was, no, it was earlier. That late. It was about 2001, I think. Yeah, was it? I think I think it might have been 2001. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. Because that won the. Uh, I don't know. Are you going to do that question about the best overall rumble, Paul? Yeah, I was planning to. Yeah. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll hold back. What I was going to say then. I'll come back to that. But um, uh, the, I remember that Jericho Benoit, you know, being a, a terrific ladder match. And I'm not a huge, again. I'm not a massive, massive ladder match guy. 
for the sake that sometimes it's just how can we hit each other but they told a story very much like the first ladder match that was came to prominence with, with Shawn Michaels and Razor they told a story with the ladder as opposed to just using the ladder um, you know, as a as a bit of plunder. Um, so I, I'm very I'm very fond of that Jericho Benoit feud in in total, and I thought that was a very good ladder match that uh, that brings out to me. I'm going to mention one other one which you'd never expect me to mention in a million years, and it's not because of the match, although it's a good match. It's not a, it's by no means a great one, and it's quite a forgettable one to a lot of people. But I just love the story at the time, and I thought they did such a good job with it. I'm going to mention 1995. And I'm going to mention the one, two, three kid and Bob Spark Plug Holly beating Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> wow, niche. Okay. It is niche, okay. but I absolutely adored that story of the, what they what they called at the time the Cinderella team because that so infrequently happened that those little guys got a win. I can remember Bob Holly winning the Intercontinental Championship on Superstars, and there was a dusty finish, and they took it off him. And I can remember always having pay-per-view matches with people like, you know. Triple H when they were on their way up and whatever they would always lose but that was just a night where they let the little guys have their moment and it was just a brilliant story and the pop was huge 1995 wrestling was you know the WWE was not in a good place the roster was very thin it was you know it was it's, it's lost in a lot of that but it kind of reminded me do, do you remember they managed to in a very short space of time a couple of years ago you know make something out of Cody and Goldust winning the tag titles um, you know, with their dad around and, and whatever. That was a suddenly out of nowhere a two or three week fabulous little storyline. Um, and that one in '95 just kind of reminds me of that. And I just think every now and again you could tell that story of the underdogs winning winning a tournament and having their moment. I think everyone likes that story, whether it's Leicester winning the Premier League or whether it's one, two, three, kid and Bob Holly in '95. I'm not saying it's the best match. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. It's, it probably wasn't even the best match on that for a Rumble. Um, but I just I, I I like those. I'm a sucker for those kind of stories. That's why I'm that's why I'm putting it in as a as a talking point. If uh, if this <laughs> we could have had 500 people in the sheep quiz, not 50, and I still wouldn't have made it to two people saying that if I'd have put that as my answer. But I just wanted to chuck it in there just for uh, for shits and giggles. I, t- I tell you what, it's a great match as well, and this is going back a bit. Um, not quite as niche as that one, but for me personally, because one of well my favourite tag team of all time is the Rockers. Their match with the Orient Express. Oh, Ash. You've stolen my thunder, you swine. <laughs> in 1990. It's a fantastic tag match, though, isn't it? it amazing. Really is. Absolutely it's amazing. Really um, long as well. I think it goes like 20 minutes long, and it really showcases those two teams. Come on, People who've not seen that, and it will be a few of our younger listeners, if you have not seen that match, it's the opening match of the 1991 Royal Rumble, and it stands up to this day. It's phenomenal. Go press pause on this podcast. Go and watch it now and then come back and join us afterwards. Explain to me, is a little mini trivia question, explain to me why um, 50% of that match um, will be talked about in the next two weeks. Hmm. Well, oh, because um, no, Paul will get Max it. Moon against Shawn Michaels was the opening match of Raw. Loving the first Raw. Oh, Loving you were. And he was Pat Tanaka, wasn't he, under the, under the hood? Uh, other, way, other way around, Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond, sorry, right. Paul, okay. Paul Diamond yeah. under the hood for um, Orient Express and then in, uh, in the gimmick for uh, for Max Moon against Shawn Michaels. Very good, Paul. Well so done, I, boys. Yeah. I, knew he'd, I knew he'd get that. So the <laughs> is, we, we do this all the time with these little questions and I'm, every now and again I'm on the podcast I'm about to go, oh, here's one, and I go, oh no, we'll save that for the uh, save that for the Rumble quiz. About three times tonight I've been about to say something I thought, 
Oh no, we've probably put that in the Rumble quiz for the Hooked <laughs> Party, so yeah. Can I can I just mention a couple of matches before Ash? Because I think me and Ash might be sharing a sharing a consciousness tonight. <laughs> um, so I think I might, I might want to jump in and catch a few. But there's a couple of obvious ones and not one that's not so obvious that I want to mention. The two obvious ones, first of all, my personal choice for the best out-and-out wrestling match at a Royal Rumble is Benoit Angle. Yeah. From sure. 2003, just a classic wrestler's wrestling match. Is that the one that ends with Angle holding the ropes? Yes. Yeah. yeah see that, that's, I'm being a right prick, internet prick here, but that's the only thing that holds it back ever so slightly for me is that it's not your clean finish, but it's a wonderful, wonderful match. God, come on, please. No, no, um, I'm being ultra picky, but I mean, you know what I mean. Then the second one, um, year before that, 2002, um, Chris Jericho against The Rock for the undisputed title. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. Just again, it's it's a bit one that goes under the radar a little bit, um, but it was that was a phenomenal feud that stretched from the middle of the invasion storyline all the way through Survivor Series and to Royal Rumble. And Jericho was at his absolute best, in my opinion, at this period. Better than that whole 2008 suited and booted run. I think this period, just before like running up to WrestleMania 18, where he got his uh, got his jaffers cut off, was the best period of Jericho's career. And this match is great, if you can't remember it. Um, and then the last one is a bit more recent, 2009, I want to say. Uh, Umaga against John Cena, Last Man Standing. Brilliant match. I don't like Last Man Standing matches, but I will admit that of the genre, they, they, they did a really good job. It's argument, You would argue that the two best examples of the genre, and I agree, it's not the most, not the most sort of... Um, user-friendly match viewer-friendly match but that and the 2004 match between um, Triple H and HBK with the same stipulation are probably no I'd I'd say not probably are the two best last man standing matches of all time I'm I'm struggling to come up with anything as as opposition so I uh, there's a couple of good ones here and there usually John Cena being in them Um, he, he did quite a good job he had one against Orton one against JBL one against I think Wade Barrett that were all pretty good but nothing that shone a candle, candle to these two who did he mm. tie to the ropes or uh, tie to the ring post is that JBL I love that one no, I, thought what, been, been, I thought it might have been Orton but, I thought it was Orton. Batista wasn't it with the duct tape was it, yeah, was, oh, Batista yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes it was you're right I forgot people, people, dis- people despised that at the time I thought that was so clever mm. I've always thought that's what, surely that's what you would do if someone's not allowed to get to their feet tie them down Exactly what to do. In a similar way to um, they tried to do it at WrestleMania 10 with Savage and Crush. Remember, we uh, tried to time up to that thing and it didn't really work. But mm-hmm. um, in that Texas Death Match that they had. But uh, again, anyway, here's me taking it way off piste again. So uh, um, hit us with your. Uh, I think we'll do. The, we'll make this the final one. But uh, another nice nostalgia Rumble question, Paul. Go on. Yep. Dead simple, guys. What was the best Royal Rumble pay-per-view of all time? And you are talking totality here, aren't you? You're, you're... Totality, yep, the whole thing. And I know, Rob, well, let's start with you, Rob, because I know you've got quite a strong opinion on this. Well, I, I think the best undercard, I think the best undercard of a Rumble ever is 2000 by quite a long way. Um, I think that the uh, the surprise of Taz at the start was, was huge at the time. Obviously, Taz never really fulfilled that potential, but that was a huge debut in MSG. The tables match with the Hardys and the Dudleys was revolutionary. It's the first tables match that they'd really done. Um, listen, it's 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 titillation 
at its finest, but the Miss Rumble 2000 bikini contest that was huge. <laughs> no, I'm, but but I'm being serious. At the time, you know, that was that was a big thing in WWE was the raunchiness. We weren't far off of you know Miss Kitty at Armageddon and whatever. And well, none of us will ever forget. I was, you know, coming up 16. I'm never going to forget Terry Runnels. Um, so, um, in all seriousness, I'm not, you know, these days I kind of think, you know, a bit tacky, but I understood at, uh, at the time where it fit in. Uh, and then, of course, we've talked about um, uh, Triple H and Cactus Jack. I'm trying to think what else was on there. I think it was the Outlaws and APA, maybe. Um, and mm, uh, right. Jericho Ch- China. Jericho yeah. China. Was it Jericho China and Jericho Ho- China Holly? Jericho Holly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, yeah. it's a really, really good undercard, um, but it's not a great rumble. It was really a kind of rock or big show rumble, and it was not really a satisfactory ending because it kind of dragged on about whether big show actually won. And so I think it's a, I think it's easily, in my opinion, easily the best undercard. And, and I think I went, um, you know, I was going to go for it. I was going to go for it as the, uh, as my answer in the in the sheet quiz. And I actually changed my mind and went 92 because I think enough, I thought enough people would, you know, take Flair winning the rumble as good enough to go for 92 as their answer but they didn't I got my uh, my guesswork wrong about the uh, about the people um, but I think the um, ultimately Paul in fact let's let, let Ash answer before we say what the uh, the, sheep, the sheep answer was uh, yeah I th- 2000 is the obvious one for me because of the undercard um, I, I agree with you and it's a shame the Rumble wasn't as good although being a big Rock fan it, I did like the Rock winning and he had that whole Shane McMahon thing as well that led out to that with the big show um, the, the one that I that came to mind I don't even know why to be honest it just when this this question was posed and I, I did glance at it on the Sheep Quiz earlier as well when Paul was doing that and the undercard isn't as strong as the actual Rumble um, but 2008 which was from Madison Square Garden it was the Rumble where John Cena made that return where nobody expected him to come back but the Rumble was actually really a really fun Rumble because it started with the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. which is how do you kick off? You know that is you don't really get that from Rumbles. Two of the biggest stars kicking off. It's it's rare, especially at that time that you got that. Yeah, the they've, they've been the last two of the year before. I'd say yeah, that was yeah, the final exactly tier, yeah, and the final tier from the year before. And then Santino was number three, so you had that kind of com- comedy element as well. I think Snooker and Piper came yep. in that year for for being legends, and then you had that face off at the end between Triple H and John Cena, and and something about Madison Square Garden and the little ramp as well. It just, it, for me, that one always stands out as a, as a really good rumble. I mean, the undercard wasn't terrible. He, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy was one of the better Randy Orton WWE Championship matches. I always say I don't think Randy Orton's particularly had a memorable reign as WWE Champion or World Champion, but that that was one of the better matches he had. Um, and the JBL Jericho match was was pretty decent as well. So that is one that that, that stands out for me, 2008. But it's I think for people of our age going back, to, you always hop back to 1992, don't you? Just because of the amount of star-studded people that that were on that card, and even the undercard was pretty good as well. So it'd be that out of those two for me. Well, the winner, as I recall, on the on the sheep quiz itself was was 2001, and um, once it got said, you know, and I really went through it in my brain, you know, I, I kind of liked it. You know, we've you know we've already touched on it a bit. If that Jericho Benoit match was on it, um, was it was that um, Triple H and Angle? Is that right? Is that 2001? Uh, yeah. Uh, with Trish, yeah, and Stephanie, that great yeah. storyline, yeah. So you've got that stuff, and it's a great rumble. It's a really, really seriously good rumble where you had, um, you know, that was the, the believable Kane. Um, one, a few, few people said that in the sheep quiz for our last question, the, the individual performance of Kane eliminating eleven people and getting down to the last two. Um, good bit of comedy with um, Honky Tonk Man hit mm. there, 
Um, you had the return of um, the Big Show, who'd been out uh, for a little while at that point. It was a surprise return. The Rocks in that Rumble. Um, it's Haku in that round, yeah. Haku, Haku, Haku came in at the end. Rikishi was a bit of a big deal at that point, and he was considered to be you know someone that could win. You know, um, Angle attacked Austin. Austin still won. There's lots going on in that Rumble, but there's also lots of credible winners. And I always think that makes for they make for good Rumbles when you've got more than two people that you think can win it and. You know, someone. You know, you're stood there. We're going well, and you know, Taker's in that one as well. So down to the last five or six, and you've got Undertaker and Kane and Austin and Rock still in the ring. You think, well, how the hell are they going to get these guys out? And you know, as it was, they they found a way. And um, you know, I think that's a really great Rumble. I think that's up there in my sort of top three or four actual Rumble matches. And you're probably going to give that sort of an eight out of ten, whereas you might give the the, the Flair one, for example, a nine or a ten. But um, the undercard is enough. Um, certainly, the couple of matches that I remember being at the top of the the undercard, as it were, um, you know, really, really strong to kind of push it over the edge. So I, I did, I didn't think of it necessarily at the time because when I was playing the sheep game, but the more I think about it, I think 2001 is a very, very credible answer. It's got a great poster as well because it harks back to yes, those, it has, um, it? Yeah. the uh, 91 and 92 of all the cartoon drawings of them standing. A great poster. Oh, they were great. They were great. That's a good shout as well. What about you, Paul? Were you in the, Were you in agreement? Yeah, broad agreement with you guys. I'd say they're one A and one B. Um, I think it depends where you're. Um, you know, two thousand one's a more balanced card overall, but I think two thousand two thousand has got the bigger moments. Um, just to play devil's advocate, I am going to state the case for nineteen ninety two. Um, obviously, it's got the best Royal Rumble match of all time. I don't think there's many people that would dispute that. Uh, the undercard, there's no standout matches, but. You know, I've got a real soft spot for the nostalgia that you used to get on these pay-per-views. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper winning his first and only WWE singles title against the Mountie. Again, there's no none of these matches are breaking three stars in Dave Meltzer's world, but who gives a shit? Um, and then you've got you know, the Legion of Doom against the Natural Disasters. Um, the it, remarkably, if you go back and watch it now, the Bushwhackers against the Beverly Brothers was quite good fun when you're 10 years old. Um, <laughs> as as was High Energy against the aforementioned Orient Express. So yeah, there's no one going to try and claim it's a um, a historic and important and technically sound undercard, but it was fun, especially at the time. Um, top that off with, en- with High Energy. Sorry, no, it wasn't, was it? It was the new, new foundation. foundation. New foundation. Yeah. New foundation. Sorry, same pants, one member different. <laughs> How, you know, Coco Beware, Jimmy Anvil Neidhart. It's very easy to get those two confused. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, and obviously the Royal Rumble itself tips it over the edge. Um, I'm not going to argue that it's better than 2000 or 2001, but I think it'd probably be third on my list. I like the Piper angle because he could have won both belts that night because he was in the Rumble as well. That's right. He? Yeah, he yeah, was. So that was a good angle they did. I, I did it's, like. It, it's not a skirt. It's a kilt. It's a kilt. It's <laughs> not a skirt. It's a it's a skirt. I've always. I quite liked sort of changing tack very slightly. I don't want to dwell on this, but when Flair came into the WWE in two, uh, 1991, and him and Flair, uh, sorry, Flair and Piper had a feud that was started immediately that was thought to have. You know, predated Flair coming to the Federation. There was no build-up. There was nothing that Flair did to antagonise him. They just had a feud already, and it started from day one, and it built through without ever being a front and centre feud. It was all just underlying, and you never get that anymore. Do you? They just did not like each other at all. Um, wasn't building to a pay-per-view match. It was just two guys who despised each other who would get their hands on each other whenever they could. Well, that was cool. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, something different. They don't really go for that anymore, do they? There was almost that little 
We won't Way speak too about we won't speak about WCW, but we sort of know it's there. Do you know the next time they could sort of do that? Is that I still think at some point, at some point they're going to do AJ and Joe, aren't they? They've got to get there at some point, and you just think, are they going to mention stuff that's gone on before? What are they going to do? They, they won't say TNA, but will they say these two have wrestled all over the world, sort of thing? Yes, that's exactly what they'll say. Well, yeah, they'll have to. We, we can't there. ignore it. No, indeed. Um, right, I think we're. Um, does anyone else want to bring up a? Well, while we're in the season, as it were, does anyone else want to bring up a, a rumble moment memory that kind of sticks out as being their favourite? It's not necessarily been covered by those questions, but it's just something that uh, is a favourite moment. Same with you, Ash. Um, oh, you put me on the spot there. I'm trying to think something that we um, we haven't discussed. I mean, I think well, I'll, I'll, I'll change my question slightly because I know what we were doing for the uh, last when we last year when we did some of these questions for the rumble. Um, do you remember what was your first one? What was the first one that you watched as a fan? Uh, I think it was '92. Yeah, oh, right, okay. I, I would I would have seen nine, I would have seen '91, but I don't remember that quite as vividly. I know Hogan won it, um, but yeah, I think '92 was the one I really really remember looking forward to knowing what it's about had the Ric Flair element um, cheering on Hulk Hogan and, and Sid Justice I was a bit of a fan of Sid Justice bizarrely um, in that weird face run that he did at the time so yeah I think 92 I know we talked a lot about it tonight already which is a bit of a shame but yeah that would that probably be the first one that I really truly remember and so you, sorry I, I cut you off in your prime as well when you were about to answer something else you were about to say something about Rey Mysterio well, yeah, well, it was a flippant joke of him coming out at number was it thirty when we all thought it was Daniel Bryan and they booed him is a is a moment that I uh, I remember being like ah oh, poor Ray because he did so well in two thousand and six as well I think that's a that's another rumble that gets overlooked uh, an Iron Man performance from, from Rey Mysterio because I was always a big fan of him going back to his WCW days so I did a wince when he got booed when he wasn't Daniel Bryan a few years later that's the one that that stands out you meant the Kofi Kingston stuff you mentioned I think we can I mean Bushwhacker Luke was it who who went in and like two seconds and held that record for for years and years and years until well, Santino Morella. Well, well, that's a, he sort of did. What they basically the Warlord was was the quickest out. They did the Warlord and then about two years later they did the Bushwhacker. And for years and years and years they say, well, oh, the Bushwhacker's the quickest, and it wasn't. And then about ten years after the actual fact, they decided that the Warlord was the fastest elimination. They they changed history, as they often do. But they sort of went with the real history over the fake one. And then, as you say, Santino got eliminated and they went, oh, well, Santino's the quickest. But for years they said Bushwhacker when it was actually Warlord and then for mm. some reason they changed. I don't know. Was Warlord on their bad books for a little probably while or something? Is, or probably something in Vince Bonnet being his bonnet about the Warlord, probably knowing knowing these stories that go on. So, yeah, but the, yeah, those silly eliminations uh, are quite uh, always quite fun, aren't they? But, uh, yeah, I I'm trying to think of them returns as well. I mean, AJ Styles is one that always, or debut more than return, but that always stands out. And the, the pop that he got was was immense. And, and I mentioned the John Cena one in 2008 as well. It, it's that pop you crave for, isn't it? I remember Bubba Ray Dudley getting a massive pop. Um, I even I think when Kevin Nash came back as Diesel, he got a decent pop Huge. as well. He, he did so, when he was Diesel. Two years later, yeah. he came back as Nash, and everyone sort of went, "Oh, why are we doing this again?" But yeah, when he was Diesel, that was a huge moment. I remember that. Yeah, I suppose we can't mention the Rumble without talking about Vince McMahon as well winning it. I mean, that was a bizarre Rumble, wasn't it? Was that '99? Uh, it would have been, yeah. That's right. Yeah, stopping that, Austin from the hat trick. Yeah, that was a bit of a. I mean, slight overkill on the the Austin McMahon. I suppose that's sacrilegious to say slightly, but it did kind of overtake the whole Royal Rumble, didn't it? It was just, that was the zeitgeist, though, wasn't it? Everything was Austin McMahon around that mm -hmm. time and around the the corporation, and you know, really, all it was doing was 
was really laying the foundation for Tyson, wasn't it? That was the that that sort of similar sort of era. So, you know, certainly there's an argument to be had. We often talk about the the best matches against the you know the memorable stuff, but best matches have not always been best drawing things, have they? So that in that '99 Rumble is kind of a forgettable one because of Vince winning. And again, that was a sheep question: who was the least deserving Rumble winner ever? And you know, Vince won it just over over Roman in our poll. But you know. You can't argue with 1999, can you? In terms of the, uh, you know, how the company was performing and how Austin McMahon was going, and you know Tyson is often considered to be the, the turning point. So I, I think that, uh, although the the Rumble as a whole is not necessarily one of the ones we're going to be running to for our memories, and indeed, indeed it's taken us only two hours to, to get to it. It's probably just as important a, a week in wrestling as it ever was, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rock Mankind as well, and the I Quit match that year as well. That was a great match. Yeah, brutal. I mean, with uh, all that was going on with the uh, all the chair shots and stuff. But yeah, as you, as mm. you say, you, you certainly can't knock the um, the importance of it uh, at the time. And just something that's just jumped to my mind. I'm kind of zipping around here, folks. But um, we talked earlier on in the show about our predictions for who could win the rumble, who could who could enter late, and all that kind of thing. What about um, sort of an Iron Man performance? And there's usually someone, you know, whether for good or for bad. I mean, the year that Punk, you know had his last night in the in the company he was in the rumble for almost forever but he didn't shine even though he was in there a long time he didn't have moments to shine and you could say similar about you know Roman when he won although he was in there for a long time it wasn't really a, a star performance but you've had others over the years you know people you wouldn't have predicted from Rick the Model Martel Bob Backlund um, you know up to people that you would expect like Triple H and Jericho that have gone the best part of an hour so is there anyone that you can think of this time that they could stick in early on have him last 50 minutes and really sort of raise his profile Ash I'd like it to be The Miz okay. That's, that that would be my pick just because it adds another string to his bow I think he's always criminally under underlooked um, in that next level when I think he's absolutely brilliant at what he does he's a hill that people hate which is so hard to do in today's uh, day and age and just to add that little you know the, the story of him not being a wrestler blah 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 to have him go the whole rumble or a good portion of the rumble being the Iron Man would be something else to he could shove down people's throats and I'd, I'd bloody love that you say that he's the, he's the heel that people hate but there's just been signs of, of late haven't there really they with, have um, yeah you c- say c- that. certainly with the last pay-per-view with um, what was the last pay-per-view or the last but one with uh, with Corbin you know there was we talked about it on the podcast that um, the, the portrayal of Miz who was essentially trying to get his own back on someone that had a go at his, at his woman and that's pretty baby face and it's like is there, an, is there a ch- if they had Miz last a long time you know I, was, I would think that would be fa- you know, favouring a bit of a babyface turn potentially. Well, he's going against Roman at the moment as well. So if you're going to turn him babyface, then that's a perfect foil for the uh, the fans. So yeah, yeah. either way, I'd I'd like it to see them as I don't know if Paul's got a pick for for Iron Man himself. Well, okay. I think first of all, I think you might be on something with the Miz. You've got the new baby coming along that they're going to be mentioning a lot, and if him and Maurice have just signed up that show on uh, USA yeah. Network, their reality show. If he's ever going to be a, a babyface, now's the time, I think. Um, my pick for Iron Man. Um, if he was in it, I'd be, I'd be without a shadow of a doubt, recommending Kevin Owens. Um, but that's obviously, I think he'd be absolutely prime candidate for it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I suppose, I suppose, if I was going to pick one, my guess would be, uh, would be Finn Balor. Yeah, I think that's, I think, that's who I was thinking. I think, I think he'd be, I think he'd be the sort of candidate they'd look at, and he's got the staying power to stay in there for a good long time. Um, 
other than that, I'm just trying to think if anyone. Again, if his injury um, isn't as serious as thought, I think Samoa Joe could be quite a fun candidate to be mm. in there for a good, good old period as well. You can imagine him getting to the 35 minute mark, dripping in sweat, panting, and still beating the ever loving shit out of people. Um, I think that'd be a good visual and it'd do, do wonders for him as well. So, yeah, Finn Balor for me will be the longest runner in this in this Rumble. I should have put that on the quiz. No, really, who would be the who would be the longest time in the Rumble this year? Balor. Yeah, maybe. And what what you did do is you, you you had us try and guess who would be number one, and I rather stupidly put Kevin Owens because it didn't cross my mind about him being in a bloody title match today. Because <laughs> I thought otherwise that'd have been a really good selection. I think he would have been a perfect number one that's you know, hangs around for a long time. You know, somehow. Um, that would suit him perfectly, but um, yeah, I, I like Balor as as that sort of um, as that sort of option. Just as a, you know, he's the kind of guy that, you know, almost feels like he's Vince has constantly got him sort of bubbling under. Every now and again, he loses one. You think, oh, that seems a bit harsh, but then he'll beat someone quite good and be featured prominently, and they always make him feel like a star when he's on. And um, yeah, he feels like one that they'll say, well, we don't really know what we're going to do with him yet at WrestleMania. We don't really know what we're going to do with him going forward, but. We know that we like him and we don't want to lose him, so you know, let's uh, let's have him stick around for 45 minutes and look decent, and and then get slung near the end. He would, if it was in the if he was in the final four, he would be a plausible winner, wouldn't he? He wouldn't be one that you would say, I think he's going to win. But if I said to you now, you know, you have to give me 10,000 pounds if if Finn Balor wins a rumble, you wouldn't be you'd be a bit shaky, wouldn't you? You wouldn't think it was completely beyond the realms. I, he'd be one of my picks if I could choose someone to win the Royal Rumble it'd be out of him and Rusev because I think Finn's got it all I think he's got everything to be at the top of that um, main event scene where he, where he debuted with the Universal title wins and I think he should be back there I, I don't know if this over thing is true or not or if it's just a work that WWE are doing but I think he's ridiculous the man's a star so I'd love him to win yeah, In, interestingly Ash I don't, I don't want to get into it now because we're coming to a close. But I, I, well, next time you're on, let's do the Finn Balor debate because I myself don't see it. Ooh, I'm up for that one. Let's do it. Yeah, because says, says the man that championed Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't do for us all to have the same taste, Robert. No, I suppose it wouldn't. Well, you enjoy your tea. Well, I just um, <laughs> crack him open another beer and draw this. Uh, draw this podcast to a close it's been immense fun I think the rumble brings out the best in all of us I think I think we enjoy chatting rumble there's so many different things to talk about isn't there rather than he beats him and she beats her yeah yeah but all these little extras and nuances and stuff we didn't even get on to the uh, um, we'll, we'll talk about it. we'll hold this back and we'll talk about it on, on a future podcast but uh, the idea that you know WWE can change their rules for the Royal Rumble I've always been intrigued by that sometimes someone can be eliminated by an outside force and sometimes they can't and you know, there's lots of different rules that they change, and indeed, will they change their rule about the, the whoever wins the belt? I mean, whoever wins the match, could they challenge for the other belt? You know, is, you know, you mentioned about Finn Balor. If there's a way of getting Finn Balor to win the Rumble, you know, I think there's unfinished business between Finn Balor and AJ Styles that they could go back to. And it's like, Ooh, if yes, you please. wanted, to, if you wanted to switch from Raw to SmackDown, and then, and you know, we mentioned Samoa Joe. Could Joe or Finn win? We're, we're assuming that a SmackDown guy would win if it's not going to be someone challenging Brock, but. Maybe they would sort of find an old rule that says you can challenge either title belt, and off they go after uh, after the SmackDown guy. Anyway, there's something we can talk about uh, uh, long off in the future. Um, before we break up, because we're uh, we've gone through plenty of time here over a couple of hours, but um, Ash, give us a uh, give us a couple of minutes of some plugging of your own. We know you're going to be with us at uh, Hooked On in Brighton, but uh, 
you mentioned about the gorilla position earlier on, but tell people where they can find that and uh, indeed any of your, any else of your fine work. Yeah, my many pies. Yeah, so yeah, join us in Brighton for the hooked on party. If you're down that way, we'll be having lots and lots of fun. I'm going to try and make it the best hooked on party of the night. Sorry, huh? Rob, but that that's the aim. <laughs> Listen to him. Listen to him. That's the well, aim. I like a, a bit of healthy competition, guys. <laughs> and other than that you can find yeah GP the gorilla position at WWEGP or if you want to follow myself on Twitter and I, where I'm usually talking about wrestling or football one or the other in my other role at Kick Magazine it's at Ashrose UK so as I say on gorilla position come on say hello say hello to me and we'll uh, we'll chat football and wrestling that usually is my two way street when it comes to social media it's pretty much the, uh, the rule of the day here on the podcast as well um Oh, Matt Barber will be disappointed. He likes our football chat on the podcast, and we've got the we've got the editor of a bloody football magazine on, and all we did was a little bit about Ian Holloway. That was uh, I thought we, we did all right, much, yeah. We didn't do masses about football. We could have done a bit more, but uh, well, I'll hold it back in future, Matt. Don't worry about it. There's something there just for you. We just had um, a winter break, so though maybe that's where we're in that frame of mind, eh? Oh, we're doing a winter break from it. Yeah, okay. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll assume that. Um, um, thank you for coming on, though, mate. We'll we'll certainly um have you on a bit more in the future. It's uh, good to get your. Uh, opinions and uh, and your your deep knowledge of the of the game it's uh, good Paul it's um, obviously less good to speak to you but uh, I suppose I'm stuck I'm stuck with you and uh, I suppose in some ways it was nice to speak to you after the first time in a, in a few weeks and uh, I've held back from saying this from for most of the show because I don't like to promise things that uh, we can't deliver but um, we might just might have quite a big announcement coming up soon I'm going to leave it at that I'm going to do no more teasing other than to say it is uh, something that will be a big step forward for uh, for the Hooked On brand and uh, it may well be coming very soon. So um, what you, the best thing to do is to follow us on, on all our social media because that's more than likely where we'll be telling you first. So Paul, can you just give us a little brief rundown of where people can find us on social media? Very, very easily. It's facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling or Twitter at HO underscore Wrestling. And yeah, hopefully... It's something that I would I would like to be able to tell people for the weekend if we can get this squared away. Ooh, because wow. I don't I don't I don't like to sit on things for very long because I'm a very impatient person. Um I'm like you know, I'm not I'm not the sort of person you trust your Christmas present secrets with, let's put it that way. Um so if we can square a few boxes away, then we're gonna make this announcement not long after this podcast drops actually. So that is and we and we mean it folks, this is a big one. This isn't, you know, you know, it's, it's some guest next week that you're going to go, oh, it's them. This is a big one. So um, stay tuned for that and uh, across all of our social media, and we hope to be able to, uh, listen, this sounds like an idle boast, but we want 2018 to be easily the biggest year for Hooked On. Um, we've had some big ones as we've gone along. Um, last year, doing the most people we've ever done for um, shows with things like WrestleMania, uh, to doing bringing Bruce over, to having lots of shows for uh, lots of extra things like um, Survivor Series and, uh, and Wrestle Kingdom. But um, we move on and we move bigger. And 14 shows for the Rumble. Paul is promising maybe more for Mania because he's insane. Um, <laughs> and then potentially this, uh, this new announcement as well. So 2018 hopefully will be... Uh, very much our year uh, thank you Paul for joining me thank you Ash for uh, for coming along and making it a good fun podcast as well we will certainly be back uh, next week on the Hooked On podcast hopefully with our brand new information so we will see you next week and don't forget it's wrestling enjoy it we'll see you very soon